First of all, if you're not smoking the blueprint and watching this show, you're doing yourself a disservice. So make sure you're getting the blueprint cigar. Let's get that out of the way because it's a great guy. stick, and these guys deserve all the accolades they could get because Thank that you. is an unbelievable cigar. Thank you, man. Appreciate what you guys do. It's uh, the best cigar podcast of all time, the Burn Down Podcast. Of all time. Of this all guy. time. Of all Listen time. To this that should guy. be a clip in itself. That's What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Burn Down Podcast. We are in the studio today with the man, the myth, the legend, the owner of Patriot Cigar Company, Alan Jacoby, the man with the plan. What's going on, brother? What's happening, boys? It's great to be back. Welcome yeah, back. Wel- welcome back. Welcome back. Almost the- a year ago, I was here. Almost a year ago yeah. to the date. Wow. Yeah, a lot has changed with us, with you, and we're glad you're yeah. back in here. We want to know what's going on. And first off, my man is looking dapper. That okay. <laughs> he came in. He was suited and zooted. Next thing you know, he pulls the jacket off. He's wearing suspenders. I'm like, damn. Got the rolly on the wrist. I'm He's like, got the two tone wow. shirt. You know, I felt bad. But the first time I was on your show, I was dressed like a complete bum in a hoodie. <laughs> and you guys are like dressed all to the nines. I was like, all right, I got to make it up. That's why you texted me. You said business casual or we, you know, that's you know, exactly why. You know, what's funny is we actually should have just went casual because then it would have been a complete opposite because we, we've lately been just repping all of the merchandise, right? Yeah. That's why I asked because I saw your videos and they're like, they're in t-shirts. These yeah. guys are never in t-shirts. I know, Justin I know. was like, you know, it's up to you. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like my outfit today and I don't really feel like changing. And he's like, all right, we'll just be business casual. I kind of like the the. We might go back to. I kind of like this. I like dressing up again. Well, no, it's good to be versatile. You know, you go know? back and forth. Go yeah, back and forth. Definitely. So. Might just have to get a you know get a pinstripe suit. It just says Burnout Podcast. And just wear that all the time. There you go. Like the Conor McGregor do, fuck you. Do you suit. have Do you have that yet? Do you have a, a pinstripe Patriot cigar? No, suit? no. Now I might have to. If you guys are gonna do it, I might have to do it. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know who would you even contact to make that. Uh, There's gotta be someone because it's not like you know it's not like okay I want to get a black or a gray window pane suit that's a common fabric that everybody has they would have to make the fabric for you you know would you actually walk around like a like a billboard I don't know. Well, you make it really, really thin, so you can't see from afar. It just looks like a pinstripe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because right? that was Conor McGregor. Have you ever seen that suit? That's right. And he it, had it's a, his name, right? No, he no, had a fuck, fuck you suit. You. Oh, it said fuck you. It said fuck you yeah. all the way down, but you I, can never see it unless you're like really close into it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That, that that would be something. Do like a page, or or you can do like the inside lining of your jacket, have all all the Patriot. Uh, like I, if you had the inside lining of this logo, I mean, yeah. that would be. I actually thought about that. The really inside cool. lining of a sport jacket cool. with that. Or you get like a, just get a pocket square that makes it. And then when you pull the pocket square out, like, hey, look. I mean, the good thing about your logo, I mean, it's it's the American flag. It's red, white, and blue. So you can almost get any kind of American type-esque jacket and just throw a little Patriot cigar logo on there and be like, True. yeah. Yeah, it you know, works. It, 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 uh, it's a double factor. <laughs> <laughs> so we're smoking. You gave us two of your new blends that you haven't haven't even released yet. So thank you. One is more like a robusto yeah. size, and this one we're smoking. Well, I'm smoking. What are you smoking, Justin? The Toro. I'm smoking the Toro okay. one. Yeah, so, the one that you are. So which one? What's this one we're smoking right here? This so the Toro. That that's called the Javelin. The Toro. It's six by fifty four. Uh, that's not released yet. Okay. And it's a Habano two thousand uh, leaf with just a you know a nice blend of Nicaraguan tobacco and other Nicaraguan puro. And the smaller one is the uh, the Robusto, is the Sidewinder. That's actually out on the website. I had it as a limited release, but I'm going to keep it because it had uh, proved very popular. The Sidewinder. The Sidewinder. So this what? is like a classic Robusto, 5x50? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Classic. Where'd you, uh, where'd you come up with that name? So they're all named after 
you know, munitions in the United States military, all missiles. Yeah. And uh, I had them and I'm like looking, I, what do I want to name them? And basically it was, uh, I like that one. <laughs> you know, I have, I have another one I'm going to come out with. Uh, I have it. It's um, in production. It's a uh, Churchill 7 by 50 and uh, that's going to be the Garand, like the M1 Garand, the yeah. long rifle. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so that's so going to... all. I, I remember you were saying M1 that, Garand. All I, of them. That reminds you of Medal of Honor, like on Xbox yeah. 360. I would yeah, play yeah. all the Medal of Honors. I always use the you have M1 one named, Garand. Uh, you have one named the Apache yet or no? No, no. I haven't named okay. any after any, like... Uh, Aircraft. Or so it's only like that. it's only long range like missiles. Yeah, it's, it's missiles right now. Like the Sidewinder, okay. the Javelin. This is the Hellfire, and then I have the well, I have the Moab, which I was is just going to say Maduro. the Moab. Yeah, there you go. And I do have one that's not a missile. It's the TNT because it was like a homage to the uh, military demolition guys. Yeah. Is that it, the small one? No, it's it's a it's uh six by fifty. 58 maybe is it a dark wrapper no it's not but really? it's the one that has the the oh it has the little thing the fuse, yeah that's like a, right like okay fuse, tail, i was just like trying to think because i knew something about it made it look like a like a stick yeah. of dynamite mm. and then the mark 48 which is the torpedo which is the actual torpedo that are on our submarines the mark 48 ah okay so that only makes so what sense. other what America, other what America. other this, i mean there's got to be so there's many yeah there's so many you can't even name there's two things that i love about alan's brand ready one america right it resembles America, you know, with the roots that were built on military. Two, you're on Long Island, so it's like you're in, you're right down the block. So, anytime we need access to Allen, you know, oh, it this won't is be, true. It won't, it won't be too hard. He's right there. You know, I have a, I have a buddy of mine, um, Joe, who is he would love the conversation that we're having right now. How all the things are named after the the projectiles. He would because he is a nut when it comes to just like just big like first off military right, but then. The helicopters, the jets, right? The aircraft carriers, the tanks, the missiles, the gun. He just loves everything about it. So when I say, I'm going to give him some of these cigars, I'm like, yo, you got to try these. This one's named the Javelin after this missile. This one's named the Moab yeah. after that missile. He's going to go, what? Well, yeah, they're all named after missiles. He's like, that's badass. And uh, <laughs> I know you, you mentioned it before, but you see what I'm doing here with the burn down torch? I got it. I got it resting. Just so everyone's known, just so everyone knows, Alan yeah. loves the, I, the BDP right. torch with the cigar I, holder on. I love this thing, and I like I use it all the time for the cigar rest. So on on my uh, on my podcast on Friday nights and Tuesday nights, I'm always smoking a cigar, and I have this. Usually, I'm using it as a rest, and sometimes I'm even just using another lighter. But I, I love that this thing is a cigar rest. So our so the torch does it make an appearance on the podcast? It or, does, or is it off screen? No, no, no. It, it's made an appearance. I've even, I've even mentioned it. You know about, you know. Oh, uh, we gotta, I gotta. Uh, yeah. We're not on Rumble. You know, I know you're not on YouTube because you know. I'm not allowed on YouTube. Yeah, you're not allowed on YouTube. It's funny how he's not he, like we're on YouTube and we're we're barely skirting by on YouTube. Yeah. What does well on YouTube is the shorts. Like when we have a video of Arnold lighting up a cigar, that yeah. does well. But most of the other videos of us smoking cigars usually get flagged. But it's funny that we're on YouTube. And not so much on Rumble, and you're all on Rumble, and not, not so, so much, much on YouTube. YouTube. Didn't you guys get in trouble on YouTube oh recently? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Didn't I see something? they just uh, they just like removed thirteen the, strikes they or something. The, not thir- no, not thirteen strikes. Uh, they just removed like thirteen videos of ours, and they're all like interviews with people. And I think it had mainly had to do because we were putting like website either flyingcigars.com, which right. sells our cigars, yes. or like our website to get cigars. So it was saying that like we're promoting tobacco in our videos, which I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but you, you know what's funny though is you see so many other channels like Cigar Aficionado has their own channel, Holt Cigar, Neptune. Um, uh, there's there's 
There's cab- I mean, cigars selling them. Cigars Daily brands. has one too, and even Cigars Daily had told us, "Hey, you can't really link anything." I said, "But then, how do all these other cigar where it's about cigars? Like ours is we aren't. It's not so much about the cigar. We just have conversations while smoking a cigar. Yeah, some of these other channels are about cigars. Like everything and anything that they post is talking about cigars, and those are fine. But then." And is it is it during the video where you're saying where to get specific cigars? Yeah, like the, so it would be like, hey, go check out you know our, our website burndownpodcast.com, fifteen percent right. off, blah 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 blah. So now we just talk about the merch. Now we just say, hey, go check out our merch. We you know we have merch here, and it can't be anything about cigars because we were we were doing advertisement. We still do advertising with Flying Cigar, but only on the audio version of the podcast. We can't say, hey, go to you know the website where you buy cigars and get our cigar there. They don't like that, right? So. And, and it's funny because even on our website, you can't buy cigars directly on our site. Yeah. Like you can go to our site, become a member. You right. can get merchandise. And actually, you can't even buy the merchandise directly on the site, but you can inquire, right? It has all the stuff and you click and sends us a message. Hey, I want this, this, and this. And we'll send you, hey, it costs this much ship to here because um, for tax purposes. But, you guys do a lot of the fulfillment through uh, flying cigars, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So we can't that? like, so our website links to them. So it's not like we're actually selling it, but you know, that's a whole... That's you, a whole... You just start selling it on your website, boys. Just say screw it. Just uh, say screw it. Yeah. Just start selling. We're just trying to, you know, we're trying to figure all the stuff as we go. You know, it's just like... That's, I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm flying by the uh, the seat of my pants. Cause I, yeah, because I was... You know what I want to ask you? Well, there's a few things I want to ask you. I want to ask you, one, how you got the cigars with the Tate Brothers. Two, I want you to retell a story about how you smoked a cigar with a dead guy. And <laughs> that then, was a hilarious. Because we missed story. the opportunity of making that a clip, and I want to retell that story so we can make oh, that a clip. Because okay. such a that, good, that was such a good, a good story. story. Okay. And uh, the other thing was like I, I know I, I texted you a few weeks ago saying like, hey, are you in cigar lounges in New York? You know, how do you operate? And uh, you kind of gave me your little background of how you do things. So let's start with. How have, how have you found the process so far of selling cigars in lounges online in New York, not in New York? You know, what's that journey been yeah, like? Yeah, because to, to add to his question, too, is you started before when we first had you on the show. You only had, I don't know, maybe like five lines at the time, maybe four or five different four, cigars. I came out with four cigars. And now you have, what, ten? No, no, no. Uh, now well, now there's five on there and soon to be six. Uh, no, the, the, no I but you didn't, have, you didn't have this one. Right? No, so that that's six. That, that's no, six. No, no, but no, you no. Have that's them. five. Oh, that's five. That's but, five, and that one's gonna be six. That one's gonna be six. But yes. you, but you have have you extended the sizes as well, or do you still no. have the same amount? I still have the same ones. Oh, okay. Because to me, it looked like you were you were just no, just taking off and having all these different mm. things. And so to go along like Eric's question is, you know, how do you like how do you uh, feel the the process has been going? Like, how do you navigate that? How do you? Uh, you're all in all these different shops. Like, what is that? What's that process like? Yeah, it's hard to explain. I'll tell you the, the best part of the whole experience of, I guess, being in the cigar industry and as you guys are with the Blueprint, which is a great cigar, by the way. Thank I, you. Like, you know, you, you guys Thank did you. an unbelievable job with that, and I'm hoping that you guys expand on that like soon. We, yeah. I, the the <laughs> samples should be here next week. Awesome! Yeah. I love it. I love, <laughs> I, I love to hear it. Uh, good. Um, I, the best part of the process is getting to meet people in the industry, like you guys and other people. I will say this, and I, I'm very unapologetic, so I'm not really interested if I offend anybody. I find the New York cigar lounge culture very toxic, and meaning that is... Ooh, ooh I like this. Okay. Ooh, here we go. I like this. I, and I don't get intimidated by anybody, but and I hear this from a lot of people, that they walk into cigar lounges. Maybe it's a Long Island thing. I don't know. That they walk into cigar lounges, a lot of them on Long Island, and they get this... 
intimidated feeling by the staff, like they're being watched. Cigar or, makers do? Cigar makers get intimidated? No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about from a consumer oh, uh, okay. standpoint for a second. Okay. And, you know, it's just, I, I, I always hear that unless you're a regular there, it, it's you kind of get the cold shoulder. I, I don't know. I hear that a lot. Now, as a cigar manufacturer brand, they really, they, they, it's like they, they don't want to hear from you if they've never heard of you before, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, and I did it. I sh- Not that I shot myself in the foot. I probably shouldn't have done it. I, one day I decided I had nothing to do. I had a big, my big Pelican case humidor full of cigars. I'm going to go drive around. I'm going to go stop in a bunch of lounges, and I'm going to give out samples like crazy to whoever the manager is, mm-hmm. if the owner's there, throw them a, you know, a, a pitch and, and things like that. They, they loved getting the cigars, I can tell you that. That they loved. They loved getting the free cigars. There were even people that were like regulars in the shop. This is all you want? When I, you know, and they, yeah, give, give them out. I gave out a lot of cigars that day. Whatever. Nobody called me back, but I, I wasn't expecting it, right? One guy called me back and said, uh, oh, well, we should, we, uh, I'm interested. It was a guy around Conco. You, you should come in. You know, uh, would you take cash? You know, the whole thing. Whatever. Yeah. I just find that I feel bad for the lounges in New York, one, because of the state tobacco tax, 75%. Yep. And right, and, I, and our wonderful governor wants to make it 95% if she if she could. They wanted it at 130 at one point. Right. Yeah. So I'll be honest with you. For me, the I'm selling direct-to-consumer online, and I'm, I'm doing great. I'm killing it. And it's a, the math isn't really working for me to come into New York lounges because they want the cigars for next to nothing because now they have to add their 75% tax plus their profit. And it just, it, it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this for charity and I'm not looking to break even on, so, you know, I just, to me, I'm not really, uh, so I, I lost interest in the whole New York cigar lounge interesting saga. Now, New Jersey, I'll tell you this. I've made some interesting contacts in New Jersey. The New Jersey cigar lounge culture kicks New York cigar lounge culture in the balls. Really? Welcoming, unbelievable people that I've met through events. Um, I hooked up with guys that work in this one cigar lounge specific in Woodbridge, New Jersey called Main Street Cigars. Oh, M-A-N-E. yeah, yeah. I know those guys. Alex, the manager, he has his own uh, line of cigars too, uh, Exile Cigars. Unbelievable guy. He's a ex-cop, uh, right? Alex is in it. A lot of the guys that work in there are ex-cops. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I've been in there a few times. Yep, you got um, you got uh, Big Ray in there. You got and uh, the girl who works there, uh, India, right? Yes. India, right? Yes. Because uh, her husband was- Good a memory. Big... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it works. <laughs> but no, her her husband, uh, Raphael, was a, is a big fan of the podcast, and he would always post pictures of him you know, having this crazy chocolate- concoction from Starbucks with a cigar with his iPad watching the burn down always posting these awesome pictures you remember that he used to I do remember that all the time I do remember that and then he's like you got to come by Main Street Cigars one time and then I was in New Jersey for for work and I stopped in there and I met him I met his wife India and then all the other guys but it's a nice it's a nice spot nice little shop a lot of law enforcement comes through um and I did a few events uh, in Jersey that they ran they have this um it's called the Firm Cigar Society um it's based off the Freemasons, and, and they, it's kind of like their main clubhouse, in a sense, is Main Street Cigars. And they had a big um, they had a big event at an Elks Club, 
uh, twice already. A lot of cigar vendors, uh, uh, and and I I was part of it twice, and and it was great. Really got to uh, promote the brand, and then they were like, hey, listen, we want to put your cigars in the shop. They approached me, and I was like, hey, well, you know, let's let's give it a shot. And they have a guy that works there. He's an ex uh, ex marine, ex law enforcement. Uh, his name is Rob. He works there on Saturdays, and he was repping for. Alex's company, Exile Cigars, and he really liked my cigars. And he said, hey, listen, I'd love to rep for you in Jersey. You know, um, starting out, he is, is big into the cigar culture and the, and the cigar world. And I said, you know what, let's do it. And he was, you know, didn't only cost me something if he's making deals because it was commission based. Yeah. And boom, three shops off the bat in Jersey. Jersey's tobacco tax is 30%. The price has worked. It worked for me. Let's make it happen. And I'm lined up I think for two more coming in the next couple months every time I speak to somebody from a, a New Jersey cigar lounge they're approaching me they're calling me they're interested and um I, I'll, I'll I'll give it to them over there it's just they're they're very welcoming mm. they're very welcoming see that's that's interesting because I've heard I've heard that from a couple of people before of New York cigar lounges and we've found that it's a little bit we, we are in a bunch of lounges throughout uh, Long Island and upstate New York. We're in a couple of in, in you know in Jersey and and uh, Connecticut as well. But I have found that too with samples, sending samples, mm-hmm. and then you don't hear anything back. That's so true. We and sent so many out. We send them all out, and, and you know, to, you know, to play devil's advocate, you, you're like, all right, well, I want to send out samples because how do you get into lounges? Like they're not going to put you in the lounge if they don't try the cigar. So you're right. like, all right, let me send a bunch of samples, and I'll send them out to a hundred, and if I get 10 to 20 of them, you know, 20%, then great, I got 20 lounges. But it's much less than that. People just don't respond back. And Justin and I were actually just talking about this the other day, and I was like, you know, because obviously we have full-time jobs, so we can't focus all of our attention on marketing, sales. And I said, you know, instead of just emailing, getting, you know, paying $800 for a list of contacts and emailing and sending samples, I said, why don't we try and just focus on doing event like based events in the tri-state area new jersey new york connecticut we do a podcast we're more known for you know being outgoing being in like being in front of a camera so i said why don't we just start with trying to sell cigars just by doing events whether lounges buy our cigar and we do an event there or we do like at a networking event or a golf event or something like that i was like maybe that's a way more of us because that's more weekend stuff we can focus doing that on the weekends as opposed to you know we're both in sales jobs nine to fives right and so we only have so much time to reach out to lounges do this do that and it's like you know where do we try to focus our time there's there's no time to do it that that's the problem when that's where the reps come in i'm not a cigar rep i've never sold cigars i don't know that end of the industry and i'm fortunate this that my rep rob really knows the industry and is very knowledgeable mm. and he's got the gift of gab and he's really into it, you know, to the point where he's not just walking at the cigar lounge. He's calling and he's making appointments. Yeah. And that's where it was said to me that a lot of lounges don't like when reps just walk into their lounge and say, hey. Yeah, they're try caught off guard. They're yeah. caught off guard. And I get it. And I did that. Um, and, and maybe that was that, that was a wrong, wrong thing to do. I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I go. And... Uh, so, so you think, I, so you th- you're saying to call call ahead first? Or call ahead, make, make an, an appointment. appointment. Hey, I'd like to make an appointment with you, speak about this brand that I'm repping, whatever it is, or that I own, whatever it is. Because it's good to know because I, I was telling Justin, I was like, I, I found like 10 lounges in Westchester by me. I was just 
Same thing as you. I have a bunch of samples. I'm just going to go in and say, hey, this is my cigar. You'll never hear from them again okay. unless someone really takes a liking to you. Or like anything else in sales, you're going to speak to them. You're going to give them a sample. And then you have to follow up with them in a week. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how did you like it? What do you think? You want to work yeah. something out? Whatever it is. Um, and, and who has time for that as a brand owner, especially if like us, I'm not doing this full time yet. You're not doing this full time yet. So where do you find the time to do that? Right. Or, On top of, you know, making a podcast. Stuff, right. Yeah. You right. know, because it's not like the only thing we do is we have a cigar brand. No, we have mm-hmm. a podcast. We have merchandise. We have memberships. We have the the some of the events that we do. We have the Instagram, the social media. So all of those things add on top of selling the cigars. 100%. And even even you guys, you, you might want to look into finding a rep that works off commission. You know, this, this is an industry standard. You know, it's, it's not a lot. And it, it works for me. And I'll tell you, so my rep is actually a fan of your show. He oh, nice. he saw the show that I was on the last time, and um, he's repping for me, and he's repping for Exile, and he's repping for somebody else. And he is looking, he does a lot of private security that he's ex-law enforcement, and he wants to dedicate himself full-time to repping for small boutique brands. I'll, co- I'll connect you with him. Maybe Strictly commission-based. Strictly commission-based. He eventually, at some point, wants to strike it big and and be salaried somewhere but you know that that takes time listen i i want all of us to strike it to big and have full-time reps you know like i'll tell you uh, what i what i find about I'm, I'm a year september is when i launched patriot cigars september 9th i think is when the website went up and officially started selling the boutique brands we have to stick together mm. because if we're not supporting each other then what's the point? We have all of these larger brands that we're competing with that have the notoriety, the, the, the name brand, and they don't like us. They may say that they like us. They don't. They're full of shit. They don't. We are a threat because the boutique brands are up yeah. and coming. And to be honest, because we're smaller, we're, I think we're, we're paying more attention to detail and quality. Yeah. We're putting out better cigars than some of these big brands. I'm not Absol- afraid to no, say absolutely. it. I agree, totally. Absolutely. And, and it goes along with, you know, that's why some of these brands, um, and I will say, like, for instance, Padron. Padron is a, a phenomenal brand. My go-to. Okay? Padron is fantastic. And that's what makes them so good is that they have such high volume, but they keep the quality there, right? Padron, year after year after year, tastes the same, and it's a good cigar, which is very difficult to do. Right. Some of these other brands, I'm not going to name any of them, but there's some that have such high volume and keeping the quality. If, for instance, there was a cigar that won Cigar of the Year, okay? And it was a fantastic cigar, fantastic. It wins Cigar of the Year. The following couple of years, the quality went down because the demand went through the roof after winning Cigar of the Year. It was like a Cigar of the Year curse. You win it, but then the demand goes through the roof and you can't keep up with the production. You can't make... Uh, the the good quality anymore, and then the cigar kind of goes downhill. So with the boutique brands, is we don't have the volumes. We're not making millions of cigars a year like not some yet. of these big brands. Not okay. yet, but <laughs> not that's how yet. you can that's really right. pay attention to the quality of the cigars that you're putting out. And then starting off small like that, as you're growing and as you're growing, you keep paying attention to the detail. You're like, listen, if I if I can make, you know. 250,000 cigars a year, but they're really, really good quality versus making a million, but the quality just goes to shit. It's like, I'd rather just keep the quality there yeah. because yes. 
I don't want it because, yeah, it might be good the first year. It might be good the second year. But then once people catch on to that, that cigar is kind of going downhill. They're going to stop buying it. Now you're sitting there with a million cigars you're not going to sell. Yeah, I think of it like, you know, you got a political podcast. I think of it like, you know, you have Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Republicans and Democrats hate the independent because if they get 20% of the vote, that's 20% of the vote from either Republicans or Democrats could have had. And they're like, no, we don't want this fucking guy around here. He's just taking votes away from us. Right. That's how I view boutique brands compared to bigger brands. They're like, you know, a Patriot Cigar, Blueprint Cigar, they're taking this market share away from us. And these little guys, like, no, like we want to squash them to the ground and we don't want them to compete with them. And you know what's good about the boutique brands too is that variety is a spice of life, right? And people... People, their attention spans are so short nowadays mm-hmm. that when they they don't want the same thing that they've had all the time. They want some change. They want something new. They want something different. They want to keep changing. So when they keep smoking the same stuff that's been around for 50 fucking years, then you have a boutique brand that comes in. It's a good brand. Like, oh, I'm going to hop on that. I like that. And then they come out with a new one. Oh, I'm going to get that one. Mm-hmm. And it's something that it's new. It's it's a variety. It's right. a nice little spice of life right there that they want. People want. To have the, it's the same thing at craft beers. When craft beers came out, oh yeah, craft beers exploded because Huge. people want that little small business, yeah. that new, that really, that new cool flavor that comes. They want that. So when you have boutique brands that come out with these things, people crave that. No doubt, they do. And and uh, listen, there are a lot of great boutique brands out there. And you know, listen, we're at, we're on Long Island. There's, I believe, there's the only three that I know of Long Island cigar brands: Blueprint, Patriot Cigars, and my good friend Kenny over at the Chief Cigars. And I don't know if there's any other Long Island brands. And I now I, you mean uh, now excluding lounges that have their own, excluding lounges that okay. have their own. Because I know there's a few lounges Are that there? have their own. I, well, did I know Matadors did? Okay, ha- have not anymore. Okay, um, but there's a few lounges that might have like a house blend. However. However, I'm going to correct myself because it's not necessarily their cigar. Right. It is a big name brand. It's a, it's a Kirkland brand cigar. That did, it, yeah, it's a big name brand. Like Drew Estate did a lounge exclusive for. Uh, so it's not really their boutique cigar. Right. Yeah. So it's. There's only three of us. There's only three of us. And I, I was talking to. Uh, and who is it? Chief Cigars? The Chief. Yeah. Kenny Dorbecker. I go back when. Uh, we go back like uh, 30 years through the fire service. We were in the volunteer, uh, different volunteer fire departments, but together and we just. Got to know each other, and then he was always big into cigars. His brand, I think, is going about seven years, I want to say. And um, very knowledgeable, great guys. He puts out a, a great cigar. I think he has three different ones. And we were talking not too long ago at an event together. We were saying um, he wants to put together like a Long Island event, uh, a cigar event to see, uh, you know, just vendors, whatever it is, food trucks, something else. And I said to him, I said, hey, there are three Long Island cigar brands, and he, he knows about about you guys. And I said, um, it would be great if the three Long Island cigar brands collaborated on some sort of event on the island and say, hey, here are the three Long Island cigar brands. Fuck everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we should absolutely you know? do like, that. Top three, dead or alive, baby. Top three. You we know? should absolutely do that. I it's, love that. It's definitely something that, that we should do. And plus, there are a lot of breweries around that... Um, I hooked up with uh, one brewery in, in uh, uh, West Hempstead, yeah. Somerset Brewing. Summer- Somerset Brewing? Somerset Brewing. It's a little little hidden gem in West Hempstead that on uh, every other Wednesday during the summer on their off night, we were doing whiskey cigar nights where mm-hmm. I was there. It was just me and selling cigars. People were coming. And they, they were sourcing the uh, the bourbon from, uh, was it Sagaponic Distillery? They, had, they do rye and bourbon, and they were making the drinks with that. So it was Long Island-based. Uh, liquor, the uh, 
Long Island-based brewery with their craft beers. They have like 16 different beers they brew right there. And then a Long Island-based cigar company. And it was cool because, you know, it gave me some brand recognition. I got some new clientele out of it. Something like that. You hook up with the breweries and they even come out and do stuff at events. So I think that could be something uh, we could we could collaborate on Love maybe that. as 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 after the uh, when the spring breaks we should definitely uh, I, I I love it and I think that you know the like Eric had said with the events is first off events are fun I love doing events right? any type of event right you do we've done rooftop events we've done actual events at cigar lounges right we did a um, a live podcast or, or, or a live viewing in jersey right it was we did so it's one oh, of those brooklyn, um brooklyn brooklyn yeah, like like uh like yeah, an well, old, did, we did that one in jersey too like a well. talk show right where it's it's previously it's previously recorded in front of a live audience it's yeah. one of those things or we did it in front and people bought tickets and sat and watched we had like 20 something people that watched us interview michael herklotz and it was a great show so we've done stuff like that and now even you can do golf events. Golf events are huge. Yes. Yeah. And people love to come and just drink and smoke cigars and you, and you do giveaways. And Speaking and, of golf, what's, what's that uh, little red flag? I know. So <laughs> I was, he was going to give this to me <laughs> because right. uh, I'm a big golfer. I got I got him for the both of you. I got the uh, little pa- gonna, Patriot Cigar uh, uh, golf towels. Look at this. Give them out to the baby. golfers. They love them. Hell yeah. Oh, this is, and it's nice microfiber, too. This is... You know, you always need something—a good towel to clean your balls with. Absolutely, you, know yeah. you got to take care the, of your balls. Gotta you got to make sure clean. you, you got to keep your balls clean, keep them dry, keep you the know. shaft and the head clean. You know, shiny. Yeah, keep the. Yeah, you got to keep. Them, that's yeah. good. This is awesome. So thank you. I'm gonna be using this on Friday. There you go. I was at a golf outing on Monday, and uh, I gave out like a, a hundred and fifty of them. Are I you think. a golfer too? I haven't played in a long time. I'll play here and there. I wasn't no, there to play. You can swing a club. You can swing uh, yeah, club. I can, I can swing You can make contact with a ball. Yes, I can. May not can. always go straight, but... It, it goes. It goes Now, now if Trump asks you to golf, are you going to go golfing? Yeah, I would go, oh. go, I would go golfing with the uh, with the boss. You know what I would give to, to play with Trump on his course? Have you seen some of the... like? You know he's a great, like a really good golfer. Oh, he's sick. Exceptional. There's a, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of videos online. People like ripping them when they, oh, you know, he's cheating here. It's like he picked the ball up before it goes in. Is it this? And I'm like, listen, dude, from a like, from a golfer, you like, okay, the swing might not be like the very, you know, Tiger pic- Woods picture perfect swing. That but, ball, though. but listen, it doesn't matter what yeah. the swing looks like. Have you seen Matt Wolf's swing? All this craziness, right? Look at Rom's swing. It's not, it's not traditional. It's unorthodox. But I've seen him hit the ball, and I'm like. This guy can play. He's a single-digit handicapper. Right. He's a good right. golfer. And he's really into golf, too. I got to... Oh, I would love to play with him. Would had, love it. They had the Live Golf Tournament <clears throat> at his club at Bedminster over the uh, over the summer. And uh, I went. I got to spend the whole day with him. And we were in his uh, in his box with him, uh, Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, and uh, you know other people that, that work directly for him. There's about 10 to 12 of us there the entire day. And if he wasn't out on the balcony watching the golfers, that I think we were on the 18th hole, or uh, I I don't remember what hole, or he was big screen TV in there, and he would he he would whoever was sitting next to him. At one point, I was sitting next to him, and he kept hitting me in the in the shoulder, talking that I should I gotta I gotta watch this guy hit this ball. I don't know who this guy is hitting this <laughs> ball, and he's talking about their names and throwing all these numbers out, and I'm like. Oh yeah, Mr. President, this is great. Uh, you know, this, this is unbelievable. The yeah. stuff he was throwing numbers out there. Like, how do you know yeah. all this stuff? And he's not a cigar smoker, right? No, no. he hates cigars. Yeah. Hates them. Doesn't hates. drink either. I know that. I know he doesn't drink. Yeah. All right, no cigars. His sons like cigars, though, right? Eric and Don like cigars. I was that day. It's funny because I had cigars with me, and uh, his uh, one of his attorneys were there, um, and she's like, 
did you bring cigars with you? Because her husband likes cigars. And I go, yeah. They go, well, we can't smoke them here because the, the boss does not like any cigars anywhere. He doesn't want, even want to see them. I go, I know. It's, it's crazy. Not even cigars. Not even cigars. All right. So can't, no, it, no, it's, we can't get him on the show then. No, it's, fun, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's because like, we, had a, we had an episode where we were talking about who we uh, thought, celebrities that we thought would probably smoke cigars. Like I haven't seen them. Obviously, you've seen you know, Arnold smoke cigars. Sylvester smoke cigars. You've seen these, right? But we were looking, okay, what what about this person? You think he would smoke cigars? So we said, you know, what about uh, like George Clooney? I'm like, I think he would probably smoke a cigar. Yeah. What about, um, you know, Brad Pitt? I was like, eh, I don't know about What about Donald Trump? I said, I kind of think that Donald would smoke cigars. I, I, I think he he looks like a guy who would smoke cigars. And then it found out, no, he doesn't like him. No. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he okay. has no real like vices like that. Nothing. His, his vices are literally like money. Just, Coke, <laughs> not not Coke. You put up your no, nose. Coca Cola, like, like soda. He's like and, the and he's like Warren Buffett. He's like Warren Buffett. I don't yeah. know how he's still alive. No sleep, soda, and McDonald's. That's Warren, Warren Buffett. Buffett yeah. Warren yeah. Buffett is McDonald's, and and you know why he does that too is because like one of his investments, one of his largest investments McDonald's. is Coca Cola and McDonald's. He's like, I eat McDonald's and Coca Cola. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. That you know, Warren sense. Buffett reads the Wall Street Journal front to back every single morning. God bless him. Every single morning, front to back. God bless him. But now you now speaking of political figures, he's kind of a, I guess a, a political figure esque. But we saw recently that you had the Patriot cigars on the uh, Christian Tate, Andrew Tate's brother, like live stream when they were on house arrest. They were smoking your cigar. How did, uh, how did that whole thing yeah, happen? Yeah, Andrew and Tristan. Tristan, Tate. Tristan Tate. Yeah. yeah. Did I say I said Tristan right? Christian. Oh, I said Christian. It, no. it doesn't matter. It was close enough. Whatever. The Tate brothers. So the Tate brothers. Tristan Tate especially. So what uh, what happened is that there when they were on house arrest in Romania, I'm good friends with the attorneys that are representing them uh, from here mm. with their uh, America stuff. They have attorneys in Romania, whatever. So we were at an event um, actually at Trump's club in Bedminster, and they were telling me that next week they're getting on a plane with Tucker Carlson to go see the Tate brothers so Tucker Carlson can can do the interview yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah. That's right. Love that interview. And I said, oh, yeah. And then the, the one uh, the one attorney, Joe McBride, and uh, Paul Ingrassia, uh, good friends of mine, uh, they uh, they said, hey, they're really into cigars. I go, I know. I said, I'd love to be able to get them cigars. He goes, well, we're leaving whatever such a day. Why don't you put something together and we'll bring them there? I go, really? He goes, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap them up, the whole thing. So I put it all together. I a couple boxes, shirts, the whole thing. And, um, meet up in the city with them and they get on a plane and they bring them there. And what happened was, uh, Roger Stone, you know who that is, right? He's, he's a very good friend of mine. Big cigar guy. Yeah. He and works he, with Trump, right? Yeah. He's, yes. he's been Trump's, one of Trump's advisors for yeah, 45 years. We got to get, we got to get some of these blueprints in the hands of these, uh, yeah. these people. I, I'll, as, as a matter of fact, if you, you want I will be with Roger, uh, in, uh, next month in December on December 9th, we'll be at a, a gallery in Manhattan together, so I can I can give him cigars if we'll, you want. We'll uh, we'll we'll provide you with some ammunition. Yeah, sick. so uh, so he was he had done a uh, I think he'd done an interview or he did something with Tristan Tate. So what I did was Tristan Tate I knew was really uh, he loved Roger Stone, and we know Roger Stone got railroaded, and when Donald Trump gave him a full pardon, so I had Roger sign. I, he had copies of his pardon, so I had him autograph a pardon and put that in there with, uh, oh, with the cigars, with, with the Tates, and says, "Hey, it's a gift from Roger Stone." Like I wasn't even looking for the credit for it. I was like, "Hey, just tell him it's a gift for Roger Stone," and uh, they loved him. And I wasn't expecting it. I had no contact with the the 
the Tate brothers. And then um, one day on Twitter, I get a, a notification that Tristan Tate had followed me. And then I got oh, a, nice. a, a, a Twitter DM from him and wow. saying, uh, hey, bro, I heard these were your cigars. Paul told me the attorney. He goes, I smoked one and they're unbelievable. I love nice. them. I'm letting you know I'm, I'm probably going to be mentioning them on one of my live streams coming up. It's like, hey, that's awesome. Like, I really appreciate wow. it. And then wow. he did it out of the blue. And um, when he did it, when I tell you my phone melted from all of the emails that came in from the website asking if I could ship cigars to Canada, UK, Italy. If I, if I was, and I don't ship overseas, but if I did, I would have, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, 500 orders going Damn. overseas. Now, now, why don't you ship overseas? I, there isn't a cost-effective way that I have found to do it. There's I would a love way. to. Yeah. We've done it. Oh, then we have to talk. Yeah. Because, well, you know, we, we've done it for like the onesie twosies. You know, yeah, when, it's, when it, yeah, yeah. You know, I get like, a lot of requests now, especially UK yeah. and Canada. Well, Same. I'll say it's it's not so much. It requires a little bit more work. It's not like an automated where you go to your website, they click an order, you package it up. You send. It's more of a behind the scenes where, okay, you like for instance, we have somebody that just bought box in the Netherlands. Okay, said hey, they contacted us. Would love to try your cigars. I I want to buy a box. Okay, we go up. How much is going to cost to ship to the UK to the Netherlands? Here's the price of the box. Here's how much it's going to cost. Here's our PayPal link. You send us, so you send us PayPal. We package it. We ship it out. Now the thing is, you can't when you, when you're shipping the cigars, you have to be careful of what you put on the customs form. Right. So we always just put handmade art. Handmade art. Someone else said that. And also. they and I'm not lying. Yeah. I'm not lying. It's handmade art. I view it as a piece of art, and it's made with hands. So that's right. That's a way to do it, you know. And we might have to cut this out so that I don't, we don't get, you know, <laughs> invaded by the FBI here. You're selling cigars, no. But it, it's so it requires a little bit more. Do you remember yeah. what it cost to send that to the Netherlands? It was like forty bucks. Forty. And it shipping. wasn't that bad. And then we sent. We and sent that was a box. It was one box that weighed about two and a half pounds. And we sent cigars to guys in uh, shout out to shout out to Cigar Central in the UK, and they they're based out in London, I think. They bought a cigar. They are like the uh, UK version of like a boutique website. They want to sell boutique cigars. Okay, and they're fans of the show, and they're like, "Hey, we want to try the blueprint, and ho- you know, maybe sell them over here. We want to put them in um, like hotels and all different high sure. class spots." And we said, "Sure, we'll send you a box." And then they're like, "Hey, we really love the cigar. Like, he brought the cigar. They, he went to the football game in the in, in London, the London game, and he, he was smoking the, the blueprint at the NFL game in London. It was yeah. pretty cool. That's cool. And uh, he's I don't like, know if he smoked it, but he took a picture of it. Uh, good enough because I don't know if you can smoke it in the stadium, but I it doesn't he, matter. I think he was smoking it because people were like, "Was he, he? smoking the stadium?" Oh, oh, but, maybe uh, he wasn't. Yeah, maybe he was. But um, I think he was. I think he was. And then uh, so he's like, "Hey, I, you know, how do we how do we make this like work where we can sell cigars?" And I'm like, "Uh, we'll have to get back to you on that because right. it's the import export type of thing." And that, that's, yeah, that's so that's the challenge that's because th- for them to sell it, they need to import it. Because they're gonna, like, you know, obviously they're going to take inventory of it and then sell it to consumers. So they need right. to import. So that might be a little tricky. That's where you, there might be a, there might be a, a roadblock there. But to sell to like, because for instance, if I wanted to ship something to somebody in Germany and I wanted to ship them like a mug or a T-shirt, I can just ship it over, no problem. Yeah. So hey, listen, I, you know, maybe you can't go on the website and purchase it, but here's my PayPal. You can send me some cash, and I'll. So it's the same thing with cigars. Now, granted, it's. It requires that extra step because now you have to find out how much is going to go. And you're, you just pass it on to the consumer. Right. Yeah. Right. If your box of cigars, it costs you 
100 bucks to make it and you're going to sell it for 200 it's going to cost you 50 to ship it they got to pay 250 and if they're overseas you got to let them they understand listen shipping is going to be it's coming from america yeah london shipping in was a similar price it was like 40 or 50 bucks canada's easy canada's easy but it actually kind of brings me back to a um, a point of passing it on to the consumer i wanted to go on this we were talking about the lounges right how in new york they want to get your cigar for dirt cheap Right, and and we've been asked this multiple times. Hey, can you give me a discount? Give me a discount. Give me a discount. And there's two things I want to say about this. One, if it's a small business, and your friend has a small business, your family member has a small business, somebody that you know owns a small business, and they make a product or they provide a service, don't ask for a discount. Yeah. Okay. Agree. You should support them, and if they offer you a discount. You can be like, listen, no, I'll pay full price. I want to support your business. I don't want a discount. I'm not coming here asking for a family friend discount. I'm coming here to support your business. You are a friend of mine, right. your relative, you're somebody I know. I want to support your business, okay? That's one thing. The second thing is when they're asking for such price cuts and they want them for next to nothing because of the tax, the tax is passed on to the consumer anyway. Right. So why are you asking... The, for instance, we've gotten one where, like credit card fees. I'm like, you're passing the credit card fee on to the customer anyway. I see the sign in the store. It says 3.5% credit card fee. Yeah. So if we have, if you sell a cigar and, it, and, the, and the, the, the wholesale price is 5 bucks a stick, they say, oh, I, I need it cheaper than that. Why? You're going you're gonna to mark it up $5. It's going to mark up 75%. So now it's going to be 8 and change. You're going to put on your profit, which right. is whatever it is, 50%. Now it's going to be 13 and then a couple for the credit card fee. So it's a $15 cigar. Right. That's what the cigar is. Yeah. All right? Stop asking for cheaper to try to make. No, you're going to pass on that tax anyway. So if the cigar is 15 bucks, it's 15 bucks. It's all a numbers game. They want they want everything for nothing, and they don't realize that you, they're not talking to a large cigar manufacturer. You right. Know, like you said, I'm not companies. doing this for charity. Right. It's a business. You know. All right. I, I got to make money too. Okay. <laughs> Just like you're trying to make your money, we got to make money too. 100%. Right? I'm not giving it to you for free. Okay. This is our hard-earned cash that we that we invested to make these cigars. We got to make a profit too. Yeah. Listen, and it's it will be slow growing, but we're, we're both growing we know that and it, it's good listen we can only go up you right. know whether yep. whether it's lounges that don't want our cigars in there because well they they don't want to pay the wholesale price that we're, we're setting and uh we're standing behind our prices and, and our product and it's uh yeah we're not a, a mass-produced uh cigar that we're gonna you're not getting them for three bucks a stick right you know i'm not selling my cigar for three dollars yeah it's not it's not gonna happen not, not gonna, gonna happen and you know what and to like you said we stand by our cigar we stand by the quality of cigar yeah okay i'm not gonna sell the cigar for for two dollars a stick for three dollars a stick that's not the type of quality that this cigar is okay if you want a two dollar cigar go buy the two dollar cigar from one of the big brands but this cigar is not a two dollars this cigar okay you put it in new york it's fifteen dollars I think that it's a fifteen dollars cigar. Right. I think if anything, it could be a twenty dollars cigar. All right, that's the price of the cigar. Right, and if it if it doesn't sell, then that's on us. Okay, but like I personally like selling online, just just for the you know just for the streamline. You know, obviously for the obvious reason, it's just, it's just streamlined. You know, you just press a button, boom, and it ships to the person. There's no other in between. There's no middleman. There's no this. There's no that. It just you buy online, boom, it gets shipped to your house. 
And uh, if you can become a successful online cigar company, you know you're you're doing something right. It it's it's working. It, I mean, it has its downfalls because we're we're doing uh, you know self fulfillment. My wife loves that because she's like the <sighs> yeah. That's a challenge. But people it, don't realize that you know, especially if you're having lots of orders. Like I'm sure you're you've had days where you got a hundred orders. You got to pack them up. Yeah. Same, and it's monotonous. It's all right, click to print the shipping label, put it in the box, slap it on, put it over. Shipping label, put it on a box, slap. It's like the same repetitive process, but... I actually enjoy doing it. Yeah, you do I that really now do. until you have 5,000 orders. Yeah, until... Forget it. Forget <laughs> then, it. then you'd be like, ah. Yeah, no, it, then, then it's not happening. It's, just, it's you know, it's just along the same lines as when we started the podcast, right? And you probably do this, know this too, is the first couple of episodes, right? Let's call it the first 50. Editing is great. You love it. Like I love the editing. I love doing it. But now you're 200 something, 300, 400 in. You're like, I like, I the, don't I like, like really editing the, the guest episodes. I don't it's like really editing, good. man. I don't like, but no. it's, there's certain things of whatever the profession is that you choose to, to partake in. There's certain things that you're not going to like. Yeah. And you just, they have to be done. Got to well, do them. When I first started my podcast, it was almost four years now. I was doing all pre recorded. And uh, actually, even when I first started, I was audio only. Then I got into video and it was, I wasn't doing the editing myself. I had somebody doing it. I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then I just started doing it live. And it's great because... No recording. No editing. There's no editing. And that's all I do now. I mean, I go live seven seven times a week. I go wow, live. Really? Is it that, that much? Huh? Every morning at 8 a.m. Monday to Friday. And then I do Tuesdays and Friday nights with a co-host. who's He's out in Vegas. And like our Friday shows will be... Sometimes they'll be like four-hour shows. Really? And then we have the live stream up, and every morning I'm at least an hour and a half to two hours. I have my regulars, you know, it's bright and early, and the show hasn't even started yet, and they're all in the live chat already chatting amongst themselves all over the country and saying good morning to each other. And then we're talking about whatever I'm talking about that day, and then interacting with the chat a lot. And they love that because yeah, they fun. will they come back every day, eight a.m. They're there waiting. Good morning, good morning, and they're bringing people in. And uh, yeah, it's great. The whole podcasting community is great. We, we, listen, pre-recorded live, it doesn't matter. We need uh, we need more of that. Whether it's especially in the cigar industry, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I try to watch other cigar shows like just and it's. Eh. I feel the same way. Not just because yeah. I have one, but I'm like no, I, you, no. I I just, feel it's just there's, there's no. I don't really feel oomph. I it, nope. It's just. You know, when I see new cigar podcasts and I'm like, uh, and they talk about me personally, I don't think majority of people don't want to hear a podcast about, oh, I taste orange peel. This tastes great with whiskey. Everyone, every, you know, if you're a cigar smoker and you're watching a podcast, you already know whiskey and cigar tastes good. It tastes good with coffee. You get this note, you get that note. I really truly feel still to, I don't think there's another podcast that's involved with cigars. That does what we do. Besides, no. like you know, the celebrities who smoke cigars on their podcast. But, e- but, but even though, but even though, though, even them, they're not uh, people that are watching them. They're not watching it for, for the cigar for the cigars no. or the conversation. They're watching it because of who that person is, exactly. right? Okay. Like for instance, you can have uh, like Chad Johnson with Chad, not Chad Johnson, um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton came out with his little smoke thing or whatever. I don't know if he's still doing it, but. Like the first couple episodes, he got millions of views because it's 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 Cam Newton. Like people right. want to see Cam Newton. They don't really care what the what the thing is, what they're talking about. But to Eric's point is, I don't. I've seen some other shows that I just don't feel like there's any passion there. 
I don't feel like the the conversations are worth listening to, and I'm not going to name any, right? Because there are some that I do really enjoy. There are some out there that that I think are are doing very well. But I, no, what you guys do is it's it's different. It's um. I'm not trying to like toot our own horn here. I'm just you know. No, you should toot it because it's, just, it's 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 everything you're saying shit. is We're true. Yeah, fuck that shit. Toot <laughs> it. Toot <laughs> it away. <laughs> this is the best cigar podcast out there. That's it. Thank That's you. It. Well, thanks, thank Alan. Thank Appreciate you. that. <laughs> but no, you know, it's it's I I. And I was trying to you know I was talking with Justin the other day, and he was like, "There's no way around it," because I'm like, "I don't." We're, like, we're known as a, a cigar podcast, right? So if you tell someone off the street, oh, this is a cigar podcast, they're not into cigars, they're like, oh, I don't want to listen to it. Right. But we're not really a cigar podcast. You know what I mean? We we bring people together over cigars, but yeah, but Justin's like, there's really no way around it. Like, we smoke cigars on it. We bring people together over a cigar. Like, what else can you really call it? Yeah. And I'm like... Well, when we, when we when people ask, right? Because, yeah, to Eric's point is that we're not... He doesn't want to say we're a cigar podcast because... It, it, people might think oh, all you do is talk about cigars. Well, people always ask, "What's your cigar? What's your podcast about?" I said, "You know, oh, you have a podcast." I said, "Yeah, it's the Burnout Podcast." What's your cigar? What is your podcast about? I'm like, "Well, we're, we're um, a podcast that brings people together over cigars." I said, it "Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you believe in. If you walk into a cigar lounge, it's always a welcoming community. It's always friendly." I said, "You can sit down to the next Elon Musk. You can sit down next to a guy who shines shoes for a living, and right. you're going to have a great conversation." So we take that and bring it to the internet. So we interview anybody and everybody over a cigar. Yeah. You like cigars. We like cigars. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. They go, oh, wow, that's really cool. But like Derek's point, if you just say, oh, it's a cigar podcast, they go, eh, well, I don't really smoke cigars. But right. it's like, you know, people that don't smoke cigars but might follow basketball would love the John Starks episode. Yeah. People so, that love football might listen to Ed Reed episode, you know? I've, I've told people about your show and it's, oh, yeah, you know, it, it's called the Burn Down Podcast. It's. It's based off, you know, the cigar, which I call the great equalizer, but they bring people on and talk about a lot of things, whether it's culture, whether it's sports, where, you know, there's a, a lot of things they have on there. And I, I think I've, I've said they've had sports figures on, cigar owners, and they just get into great conversations. And I, I said, go, go check out the Instagram because the, the, the reels are second to none. And they always make me laugh, you know, <laughs> when you get the, the work you guys put into those. I haven't done them in a, in a long time, but Eric's, Eric's still... Uh... I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. Still pumping them out. I'm a marketing guy. Justin's the engineer guy. So Justin sees the numbers and he's like, nah, I'm a marketing guy. I'm like, all right, we got me in the forefront of everyone's brain. So I still pump them out. You have to. You have to. And that, and that's great, too, about having shows with uh, you know multiple co-hosts where, all right, you have the tech guy, you have the marketing guy. Everybody knows what they have to do. They have their wheelhouse and it comes together and you put together a great show. I mean, that's just, just the way you got to do it in the podcasting world. That's it. Now, my other question is, I need to hear the story again, how you smoked a cigar with a dead guy. Because I know you were in, you were in the... Uh, the uh, this uh, is such a great story. It's such a good this story. This is such a great but story, But it's been a man. year, and you know the people who have been watching and listening this whole time get, are in for a good treat, because it's so good. It's just, it's just way better. Since, to since I told that story on your last show, like almost a year ago, it's funny how many people I uh, had, uh, I don't know, somehow it found me on social media. It was like, oh... I think they found my uh, my cigar Instagram, Patriot Cigar, and uh, they were like, "Oh, I saw you on the burn down," and we laughed at the story about you smoking a cigar with with a dead guy. That's so such a great story, man. <laughs> it's such a great story. So people that are listening right now, you know, buckle your seatbelt. And if you haven't heard this story, and I I oh, won't give you the long the long winded version, but just for context, I was a paramedic in New York City, and 
I smoked cigars a lot at work. We all did. And even still today, you'll find, you'll see, drive past ambulances in New York City. Chances are someone parked on the side of the road has a cigar in their mouth. Even, you know, you'll find that among law enforcement as well or the fire service. So anyway, occasionally we get calls for people that have passed on in their homes, you know, and people find them and whatnot. So this happened uh, on a uh, summer afternoon and in the summer in New York City. It tends to be really busy. The, the police are really busy. We're really busy as far as EMS goes. And uh, we get a call for, I think the call was, for, actually came over as possible DOA, dead on arrival in, in, the, in the apartment. A neighbor had found them uh, or whatever it was. Somebody found them and called. So we had gotten there and we were the first ones there and the neighbor was there, had the key to the place and, and they were in there. The police were not there yet, and typically we like to wait for the cops, but we were already told that the, the the precinct that we were in, in Queens, New York, they were so busy, they call it backlog, meaning that the cars are so busy that they have backlogged calls, and if it's not an emergency, it's a hurry up and wait. So on a, on a call like this, they know that the ambulance is going to be there. We can't leave until the police come and we do paperwork and hand it off. Because especially if it's someone that we can't transport to the hospital and, and save their life. Yeah, this it was guy, a DOA. He was a DOA. So they were like, well, he ain't going anywhere. So He was a younger guy. Um, I want to say he was in his, if I remember, probably early 40s. Uh, he was in his recliner and he was dead. How'd he die? I think... I don't know exactly. He either had he was a heavy guy. He either had some sort of you know horrible medical episode, maybe a heart attack, or he choked. Because I mean he was uh, he was dead. He was, was there anything lodged in his throat? Uh, we didn't look because it, there was no reason for us to look because he was that dead. He, uh, was, he was yeah clearly he, yeah. He, was he sticking to the couch? No, he was he he was not at the point where you could smell him. Okay, but he was uh, he was stiff and he was he was dead. Was he like? really pale yeah he was really yeah lips were like gray so how long you think he was there i think he was there it's gotta be a couple of hours i was gonna say at maybe eight to twelve hours maybe maybe a little longer okay so he's like he's gone and actually i have to correct myself because now i remember there was act it might have been a little longer because there was actually a slight odor but are you allowed to like when you show up are you allowed to touch them to feel if they're cold or warm yeah absolutely like if, if so in this situation, um, I didn't because like, if, if it was somebody that there may be a chance to help, we would put the uh, the EKG machine on them. Try to and, bring, and, and, bring them and back, just, yeah. Just to see what we got and then go from there. But this was an obvious, they were pronounced. That was it. So now we had to wait. And that's right. There was a there was a slight odor and it was, it was in the summer, but his air conditioner was on. Um, but, you know, you, you had it lingering. So there's a trick in the you know, old school trick. You go in their kitchen and you see if they have coffee anywhere, coffee grounds. And they did. So I found coffee grounds. You take a pot. You put it on the stove. You just put the coffee grounds in it. You turn the stove on and you kind of just let them burn. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you get the smell of coffee in, in the apartment. Huh. So I did that. Yeah, coffee kind of uh, kind of so neutralizes put, stuff. You put coffee ground coffee grinds in a pot, just in a just like yeah, in a frying pan, and you just throw it on the stove, and you just let it. You put it on like low medium, and it'll huh. just start to roast, yeah. and you, oh, you, you get the that. smell going. Well, it's yeah. like uh, you ever go to a you ever go to like buy cologne. And they have the little coffee beans like in a yeah. jar because when you're smelling cologne over and over and over again, it all starts to smell the same. So you get the coffee smell in there and it neutralizes everything. Yeah. It's the same concept. I didn't gotcha. even know that, really. That yeah. 
Same concept. Yeah. I've never shopped for cologne in my life. So, but that's yeah. So the, it's same same thing. Like, um, uh, if you're like if you're trying to smell anything, you're trying to smell flowers. You want to smell something to see if you can. If you're doing cigars, you're doing like a cigar sampling. You're sampling a new yeah. cigar, and you want to get the smells. You can smell coffee in between, and you'll it'll kind of open up the air. Yeah, it'll neutralize. It'll bring your smells back to because once you start smelling like four or five things in a row, yes, they all start Absolutely. just smelling the same. You hit the coffee, and then. Or you can smell yourself, and yourself kind of is a, is a, a a common odor to you that kind of balances everything For out. Your face and your little armpit. Yeah, I've done that yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I this guy. That. So so my partner, he's on his cell phone, and he's like uh, out in the hallway, you know, just pacing back and forth. And he, I tell the neighbor, I says, "Look, listen, we have to sit here until you know the, the police come, and it's probably going to be a while." Okay, she leaves. She doesn't care anymore. We're there. She's gone. That's all you needed to hear was, That's it's it. probably going to be a while. It's probably going to be a while. So she left. Now, the guy apparently had no family. I think he had family out of state, which they eventually found. And I go to my partner. I go, well, I'm going to go out to the ambulance. I wanted to move it into, we were double parked into a spot. I move it into a spot, and I had my little travel cigar case. I was like, I'm going to bring it in the apartment. Who's going to mind, right? So I bring it in, and I, I look at my partner. I go, you want a cigar? And he goes, no. He's an occasional smoker. I go, I'm going to smoke one. I don't care. So I go, I open up his window. It's like out into this little courtyard. There are literally like kids playing out there. I'm opening the window, trying to pull the shades down so they don't come up looking at the window and see the dead guy in the recliner. And the way the apartment was set up is like the, they had the recliner and then this long couch, coffee table, and then the TV. The TV was on. That's what it was. The TV was really loud for some reason. It was loud because the remote, it wedged next to him, and he must have leaned on it, and he turned the volume up. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. So I go, I come back in, I have my cigars, and I sit down on the couch, the opposite side of the couch, so you know, next to him because he's right there in the recliner. I like, I'm going to light a cigar. I go and I get a cup. I fill it up with a little bit of water. I put it on, Hell yeah. I put it on the coffee table, and, and just as I sit down, I, it was weird, and it's like one of my favorite movies. That movie Heat with Robert De Niro, oh, you know, yeah, the bank yeah, yeah. robber. Right, sure. it, it's starting. Just starting. It's just <laughs> starting. I'm like, oh, man. Look at this. Perfect timing. I light up the cigar. I'm, I'm, you know, smoking. I put one of my feet up on the coffee table. And I ended up another, my other foot ends up on the coffee table. I'm like sitting back on his couch. He's, you know, just doing his thing over there. <laughs> And, uh, the smell had gone away, so I had the coffee burning, I had the cigar burning, and now we're just waiting. And I, I could not believe it. I, lo- I lose track of time. My, my, my uh, partner is talking to his, uh, I think his girlfriend or his fiance at the time, and he's pacing back and forth out in the hallway. He didn't even come in the apartment. He came in once, and he's like, um, oh, he, he was, uh, he said he got a text from one of the cops that we know in the area, and says they, they don't know, they, they know where we're pending, they don't know when they're coming. Yeah. All right. I watch, now I don't even remember the cigar I was smoking. I actually do remember the cigar I was smoking. Wow, it just came to me. <laughs> I don't even know if they make them anymore. The Macanudo Hyde Parks? Yeah, they do. Do oh, they make yeah. them? I, I actually have some. Really? I might, I might have. I'll give them to you. I'll give you one. I th- if I have it in there, I think I do. That That's is, awesome. I was smoking a Macanudo Hyde Park, <clears throat> and I watched the entire movie that's like a two-hour movie well on so, tv it's probably oh, yeah. three no it was it was it was there were no commercials it was cable it, it was on cable because there were no commercials 
And towards the end of the movie, the airport scene, right when they when it's ending and they they you know Robert De Niro dies, all of a sudden it's like I feel people are looking at me, and I look over. And there were two cops standing there in the apartment. Two cops that we know, these two female cops. And the one cop looks at me. She goes, Alan, what the hell are you doing? And I go, smoking a cigar, watching the movie. Meet my friend Jack. <laughs> He's out at the moment right now. He took a little nap. Jack, what do you think of the movie? Jack Jack really wasn't into the movie, but, you know, he's uh, he's ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I watched the entire movie. Oh, that's unbelievable. Oh, that's oh, a long-ass time. Yeah. Watched an entire movie oh with a dead guy. And we had to keep, like, our dispatcher kept calling us, you know, asking for an update. And we're like, yeah, we're still waiting for the, you know, PD to show up. And, uh, you know, they get it. They're in backlog. We can't leave the body. We just can't leave. And then the cops come and, you know, they got to fill out a little paperwork, give it to them. And then they figure out how to, you know, that the medical examiner is going to come and, and, and move the body anyway. But it was, uh, wow. yeah, sat in his apartment. He obviously didn't care about the cigar smoke. Yeah, no. I was going to say, you no. probably lit one up like, hey, you mind? Now, you don't mind. How long ago was this? Oh, my God. This was this was like 2003. All right. So, like, wow. you know, you couldn't just, like, whip out the iPhone and take a quick selfie. No, and smoke no. a cigar. Mm-mm. Well, it reminds put the, me. Put the cigar in his mouth. <laughs> it reminds me of the scene from The Sopranos when uh, he walks in. He's in the, the funeral parlor, and the, there's the dead guy in oh, the coffin, yeah. and he likes up a cigar, and the guy goes, there's no smoke in here. He goes, he goes, uh, what does he say? He goes, there's no he's smoke. Like, and he goes, like, he goes, I don't think he goes, I don't think he's going to mind. Yeah, who's going to mind? Yeah. Something like that. Who's he he mind? goes, yeah, who's going to mind? Him? Hey, you mind? I don't think he minds. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps smoking it. <laughs> Smoked the entire cigar, like down to the nub too. Crazy. And uh, watch the movie, Heat, great movie. Now every time I watch that movie, I can you think of Jack. I think of Jack. He's my buddy Jack. That was his name, Jack. Rest in peace. I wow. mean, you know, and then I think they, I think he had like a sister in Arizona or something because we didn't go through everything. We, we looked in the medicine cabinet to see if he was on any medications. He was a diabetic. He had a half eaten ham sandwich on the, on the, uh, did you eat the other half? Next to him. No, no, no. It, it wasn't, it wasn't looking too he hot. Was, I he got was a funny prob- story like that. That's I a know. Funny story. He was probably looking down. Or up, depending on where he went. He was probably looking at it like, look at this fucking guy yeah, right here. Right. I mean, shit. At least what a scumbag. At least I got a buddy hanging out with me in my last little. He's got his feet on my table. He's watching my TV. He's smoking, he's smoking a cigar on my table. At least apartment. he could do is give me a cigar, you know? No, uh, we, uh, you know, I know the story. Yeah. Speaking of half eaten sandwich, I have a, a story oh, like that where you know, it involved a dead guy. It was uh, one of my dad's buddies who was a state trooper back in the day. This car rammed into the back of a like a big rig like an 18 wheeler and decapitated this guy so he was dead and uh they pull up to the scene they go around on the passenger side and there's just two meatball subs meatball palms brand new he, so he's dead guy he's got no head he just like takes his two fingers feels the top and he's like oh it's still hot so he, <laughs> he takes the two fucking meatball palms and uh, he goes to his party. He goes, hey, you want a meatball parm? He goes, yeah, what'd you get there? He goes, no, oh, the guy didn't want it anymore. He goes, perfect, I'm starving. <laughs> <They> both, <laughs> he ate, wasn't going to eat them. Yeah, he wasn't going to eat them. They ate the, ate the dead guy's meatball parms. I'm like, you know. Guy's head's in the back seat, and they're stealing his yeah. meatball parms. Yeah. I have a good decapitation yeah. story now that you brought that up. Oh, is this? Uh, yeah, we got to hear this one again. Is this the one where the the, the, this, he, the, he, the motorcycle I, guy? Yeah, and I, the told yeah, 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 yeah. I told you that? Yeah, yeah. You had to find out underneath the car or something like that? You sang some song like on the way back. Like you picked, you found the helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like this. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Cross Bay Boulevard. It was one of those box trucks double parked and it had the lift gate down and, you know, the end of the lift gates. It's like a razor. It's like a razor blade. And this guy comes flying up 
on his bike and he hits it and the bike's under the his the bike and the body's under the truck and we get there and the cops are there and we're looking and we see the body we don't see we don't see the head we don't see the helmet like where is it we're sitting there uh, where we're talking and literally you know beautiful day out that the sun is shining and we look like something keeps like glimmering in the corner of our eye and i look over and i'm looking i'm like what is that? It's under a, a big white Cadillac, like a big El, like a big boat, like El Dorado, yeah, right? Yeah. Cross Bay Boulevard, you know? And uh, I go, I, I, I grab one of the cops and I go, come, come with me. And we, we go over and then I go, I think, I think I found, I think I found the helmet or whatever I said. He goes, what? And we kneel down and there it was wedged under this Cadillac. It was the motorcycle helmet. And the guy's like, well, chances are there's going to be a head in it. And I go, you're probably right. Cause they double checked. There was they're like, does this guy have a head? And he doesn't have a head. And, uh, they had to have the pictures taken and everything. And we, we were, we were sitting there. They had us stay. They had one ambulance stay because it was in, the body was in public view under the truck. Another, another ambulance came cause they actually transported the, when they finally got it out from under the truck after the crime scene was done, they pulled it out and they, they took the body to the morgue. So they were like, all right, we got to get the head from under this Cadillac. So I was like, all right, well, when you do you want to then have us transport it with the with the body? I was like, yeah. So now it's like, all right, who's going to get it? The one guy goes, well, maybe we'll call the fire department back and we'll have them pry it out under there. And the guy's, no, 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 can't we just, what is it, like wedged under there? Nobody's doing anything. Take it out. Then they're like, they look at me and he goes, well, you want to try to get the head out from under this Cadillac? Cause it's right there, but nobody wants to touch it. So... I put gloves on, I get under there, and it's like, it's under there, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing the, trying to, trying to wiggle it out, like, under the, under the frame, and I get it, and it comes out, so now, I, now it's like the moment of truth, we're gonna turn it around, because the, the shield is down, and then we look in, it's like, you don't see, like, blood or anything? Not on the helmet, but it was, it was some, like, it was in it, and, uh, it didn't bleed a lot for whatever, there was a lot of blood where, like, on the truck and everything else, there was some, and then there, there it was, You, you saw, you know, Justin, you're breathing so heavy into the microphone. Sorry. He's getting excited. <laughs> I know. He's getting excited from the story about a little head. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Reminds me of somebody I know. <laughs> so, you know, we, we got it un- unwedged, and I, I had a sheet with me, and I'm wrapping it in a sheet. And then I stood up, and I'm like, all right, there it is. Now they're looking at me like, okay. I'm like, all right, there it is. You know, you're going to have, you want the crime scene guys to grab it? What are you going to do? They took the photographs. They actually took a few more photographs. They had opened the sheet, took a few more. And uh, I was like, oh, you want me to carry it across Cross Bay Boulevard, right? So there I am, like football, just walking across. Doing a Heisman across the Boulevard. Here's my, Boulevard. Here's my motorcycle helmet. Yeah, with, with some poor guy's head. And uh, we put it, we opened the, you know, I had to open the door and I put it on the floor of the ambulance and closed the, the back door. The body's, the, the body's not even in there yet. And, uh. I walk over to this this cop that I know, and I walk up next to him, and I just start singing. I ain't got nobody. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I go if I don't Come do on. this, if I if I don't do this, I Come just on. I just carried a head across yeah. Cross Bay Come Boulevard. On. If I'm yeah. not gonna do this, what I'm gonna go home and you, you gotta start. You have to laugh. It's it's a shame. It was horrible that the guy, you know, he died. But and the, you know, then the running joke was, uh, oh, I was getting text text messages. We had the no, we had the direct connect. Nextels at the time, yeah, right. Yeah, That's yeah. what yeah. I had. The <laughs> yeah, that stupid chirp. And then other people I was working with, they were like chirping me all day. It says, "Hey, Alan, you you want a little head? Oh, you already had <laughs> oh some today. Yeah, it was, it was so it was dark humor. I'm surprised humor. somebody didn't pull out the. I don't want to get ahead of myself, uh-huh. but 
I didn't hear that one. Oh, that's no. a good one. The, that would have been great. You should have pulled that one. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we need to get this head, yeah, head yeah, out of done. The dark humor ran rampant in any MS. I feel like when you're in those type of fields, obviously you take it seriously, but you have to find some kind of comedic relief to like not to you know, take it home or like, you know, feel super bad about you have it. To. You, you have 100%. to like, you, you know, it. you have to find some kind and of And I was relief. young too. I mean, yeah, 20, 22 years old running around the streets, you know. Oh, that's why, that's why they yeah, picked that, you. Yeah. And that's why you had a little sense of humor there. You're like, yeah. I got to make a joke out of everything. Yeah. Right. Everything. A young 20 year old. You're like, I'm making a joke out of this. Of course. We had to. Yeah. No, we had to. It was either that or yeah. Was... Classic stories, man. Yeah, those are, those are, you don't hear those every day. No, those are the best. You know, now you should have lit up a cigar right before you walked away. Like we got the helmet. Dude, I mean, when you out of it. You know, when like anytime, like a lot of my dad's friends are all cops or state troopers, and I mean the stories, man. The my, even my uncle, my uncle was a narcotic detective. He was NYPD cop for a while too, and I mean the stories are just unlimited. And I'm oh, like, yeah. you got you guys did that? You guys saw that? I'm like, and they're like, yeah, it's not how it used to be. Back I know. In the day. I'm like, well, my both of my brothers are, are cops now, and yeah. they they have some. They one's MTA and one's uh one actually just got transferred to community affairs. And he's in charge of like all these precincts. Any anything any community affair in Manhattan, like he's yeah, he's, he's part of it. And um but he's got some he tells you some crazy some of them are a little bit more, you know, gruesome than others, but he's got stories of people like pooping in their hand and throwing it at you and just, yeah. just absolute animalistic stuff. I see some crazy yes. shit. You know when I I, I I watch a lot of like Pun intended, crazy shit. Yeah, you know? Literally pun intended. But like they must Cops that pull people over, or just cops in general, they hear so much excuses and bullshit all day. I'm like, I watch like the YouTube videos or like the Instagram videos of them pulling people over, and they're like, you know, whose shirt is that? And they're like, it's not my shirt. And I'm like, well, it's on you. They're like, oh, I got it from someone. Who'd you get it from? Uh, I don't know. And they're like, but it's a shirt on you. You don't know where you got it from. Oh yeah, I, uh. yeah. And I'm like, just, yeah. I'm like, listen, to like just watching this 20 minute video. I'm like, man, I'm drained from listening to these people's bullshit. Like. Oh my God! Just you know what they truth. you know what they tell me too is which which sucks is that you used to you know because I always ask them both of them smoke cigars I always ask hey you know if you're in the car and you're it's a slow day and there's nothing going on do you smoke in your car roll the windows down he's like well back in the day you used to be able to do that no problem yeah right, you can just roll the windows down light up a cigar yeah. and I'd be chilling like if I'm on the highway you could do that all day. Right now he's not highway patrol, but you get what I'm saying. He says now he goes. They, you can't really do it if they smell anything in the car. You're you're kind of you're kind of fucked. And yeah. I'm like, he goes. Now some people try to get away with it and they they do it anyway. He goes, but you know if they find that you smoked in the it's it's a no go. You can't do it. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I you guess the, just... I guess the rules have changed. Like when I worked, oh, they've drastically yeah. changed. Well, when yeah. I, when I worked on the ambulance, especially on on the midnights, I had one partner. We were both big into cigars. We would be both be smoking. And it was, it, you know, you had, we'd be sitting up front and uh, we, we'd, we'd smoke on the way to the call and then we put this, you know, we put the cigar on the, on the windshield wiper or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then uh, we'd have somebody in the back. I, I can't tell you how many times it's like, man, it, it, it smells like, like cigars in here. I was like, oh, really? I don't oh, know what you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my cologne. It's cologne. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, tobacco I uh, cologne. Yeah. It <laughs> might just be a side effect from the episode you have. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I'm constantly okay. smoking cigars. That, that, that's where I, I really got big into cigars working on the ambulance because every time we worked, that was, if we had nothing going on, we were yeah. smoking. But if it was a nice night, we'd you know just go to one of the parks or something and just kind of hang out outside and smoke. But I was getting everybody into cigars. There were times where 
it'd be one o'clock in the morning. There'd be three ambulances and two cop cars sitting in a park, like up in College Point, Queens, doing absolutely nothing. We'd all have cigars in our mouths and smoking, you know? You got them, man. Good, I feel like times. it's just good such times. a, you always have to have me. I can't tell you how many times that I've been dry. I was driving back from Jersey or driving back from upstate or whatever it is. And as soon as you get to the bridges, you're stuck in traffic. And I'm sitting there like, man, I wish I had a cigar right now. Do you smoke in your car? I, I do yeah. occasionally. When, right. I, when I had my Jeep with the sunroof, I did all the time. Yes. Now I got my fucking yeah. Hyundai. Doesn't have a sunroof. It's a little harder. So I'll only obviously I only do it. I've done it occasionally. Um, I don't smoke every day in my in my car. If I can't roll the windows down, then I won't smoke. Um, yeah, and it's and it's, and it's and it's not even so much about the smell of cigars, right? Like. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass. Well, the thing, if, if like, here's not, the thing, if right? Tra- if you're in traffic, it's easier because you're just like, well, yeah. Yes. When you're driving really fast, that's, yes. that's where I yes. don't like to do it. I like to do it, like, on the bridge. You're stuck there for 45 minutes. You're just going two miles an hour, and you're just like, okay, yeah, I can do this. this and, like, and, and the thing is, too, there's a difference between the smell of fresh cigars and the smell of stale cigars. Yes. Right? So if you're smoking in your car over and over and over again, and you get that stale cigar smoke, it's kind of... No good. It's no good, right? And I, I do it for, you know, when I... I don't want to... Everybody come into my car. We go to a dinner or something. It smells like stale cigars, right? Yeah. So I'll do it when the window's open. But I've done it sometimes. Like my, my wife smokes cigars too, and we'll come back. I, I, we were at a restaurant once, and we were smoking uh, after dinner. It was a great restaurant. It's called Bijou. It's here up on uh, 110, uh, Route 110, a little bit south of me. And it's a great restaurant. We've gone on like Saturday nights. They have a – you go there. You sit down at like 7 o'clock. You eat from or 7 to seven to 9. Then the DJ comes on at 9. You go to the bar, and it's and it's more of a – an older crowd, not older crowd, but it's not young, drunk college kids. It's all right. professionals that are, you know, dressed nice. They just had a yeah, dinner, you know, the dinner is going to be a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a head. Like it's not a cheap dinner. So you're not going to have these drunken college idiots that are coming in. So it's more of a, 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 an, up, a an upper class crowd. Right. Yeah. And then they have a little area and we smoke a cigar afterwards. So We'd be halfway through the cigar. I'm like, hey, you want to go home? So, all right, we'll go home. And we'll smoke it on the way home. And then we get into the park, into the driveway. And I'm like, hey, let's let's finish this. Roll the windows down, put some tunes on, finish the cigar. That's I've done cool. I, I've done that, and it's great. I love that. But every single day, no, I only do it if if you can crack the sunroof. Yeah. And, and like Eric said, if you're in traffic, it's easier because you can't keep your cigar outside the no. the window while you're going 50. I also like smoking in the car because there's no real wind usually. So you know, when you blow out the smoke, it's really slow, and you can see it. Like yes. I'm just like. Yeah, you know, but it's nice with the sunroof because you can just blow it up, it goes yeah. right out the sunroof, right? But you know what? I, I maybe because I'm always on the road, but I see so many people smoking cigars in their cars. Yeah, a lot of people. Smoke a lot of people. It, ma- dude, it makes sitting in traffic so much better. Yeah. I can't tell you, like the the instant, right? You'll be stuck in traffic. Like, Motherfucker, oh, I hate traffic. I hate this. The instant you light up a cigar, and I'll put on some like Frank Sinatra. I'm just like I can sit in this traffic all day, yeah, no problem. Sense. Give me, you know what? Give me another half an hour of traffic. You smoke in your car. I do. I, I smoke in my truck, but I, like I, I have leather interior, so it's not like it's it's soaking into the cloth. I don't do it all the time. Like if I have to travel somewhere forty five minutes, yeah, I like uh, to light up yeah. a cigar. I have the sunroof open and I have the back window open, and it, you know whatever. I. But it's not an every single. No, yeah. no, no. And, yeah. and when, so my my eleven year old when when she gets in the car. I ask her sometimes because does it smell like cigars in here? And she goes, No. I go to the car wash like once or twice a week, and it, I, I never really get the stale cigar smell. But I don't do it every day. I like learned the yeah. I learned I learned a trick. Try it next time when you do it. But you you get an apple and you cut open an apple. Yeah, I've heard you, that too. And you leave it like on your like on the uh, the center console. Yeah. So after you smoke a cigar, get an apple, cut it open, and they say, and I've seen it happen. I used to work with a guy who used to smoke the cigarellos, like mm-hmm. the cigarettes, 
And one time we went got lunch, and he asked for an apple after. I'm like, "What do you need an apple?" And he's like, "He's like, oh well, when we go back to the job, I'm gonna cut open this apple. It's gonna absorb all the smoke." And then two hours later, when we went back in his car, the apple was like gray. Wow! And it took all the smoke out. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard you do that in. Um, now I want to try it. In yeah. rooms, I've heard. I've heard you can do that in rooms, and I've also heard you can use uh, vinegar. Put a bowl of vinegar. Yeah, I've heard it does the same thing, and the vinegar turns like a caramel color. Interesting. Yeah, it's like an old wives' tale. My mom told me about it, and I didn't believe it, but I heard that it actually works. You know, you said cigarillo. I've had just recently three women contact me, uh, one on social media and two through the website, asking if I have or would ever consider doing cigarillos, like you know the small ones in the, the yeah, get yeah. the Mac little tins, yeah, or yeah, whatever. yeah. And I so yeah. How like, do you feel about that? I, I don't know. I, so three women asked me, and actually, no, on Monday, a guy asked me about it. And I said, um, I never thought about it because, I mean, I've smoked them in the past, but it's not like my go-to, and I just... Yeah, they don't really do it for me. They don't, and I don't know if it's something that there would be a large market for where people would want to buy them. But then again, I'm surprised I had just recently all of those people ask me. So I was like... Because I, I can know. see, I can see, like, one of the things that we had talked about with you know, in the future of the Burn Down Podcast, cigars is coming up with a when we go different sizes, right? We'll go up in size, you know, go go to a Toro, and then go down in size and go to maybe a smaller one that's like a thirty minute smoke. Because you know, right now we have the Robusto Gordo, which is about an hour, an hour and a half, right? To go up in size to a Toro, go down in size, and you have, and I can see having a like a short, maybe like a petite Corona. Right, yep. where it's kind of like a you know a four inch or four and a half by maybe forty six or forty eight. Right, but it's not quite a cigarello. It's just a smaller short story. A, yeah, like a short story yeah. stick. That's gonna be thirty minutes for for the winter guys that don't have a place to smoke. That's like we're fortunate enough where we can smoke indoors in right. a warm place in the winter. Right, right now it's about forty degrees out yeah. here in New York. It's you know if you want to smoke a cigar outside, it's gonna be chilly. Uh-huh. Right. So if you get a little short one for the guys that don't have a place like this, they can go outside smoke and they're not going to freeze their nuts off. What is that? The blueprints? What? It's a five by fifty-two. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Yeah. yeah. Robusto now, Gordo. I want to ask. I'm going to ask you a, a question about um, the sizing of the scars. Do you find? And I imagine that this is because it's everything is handmade. But do you find that sometimes cigars that you get are not quite the the size that you want. Yes. Like for instance, like when we have a five by 54, some cigars might come out in the pack. They might be like a 52. Some of them, like most of them are 54, but sometimes it might be like a 52. Have you noticed that too? So actually my last order from the factory, uh, the, um, I had ordered bundles and I believe actually it was the hellfire that was when I mean, I'm not talking a half inch or anything much larger, but it was where, it would not the new the new ones, and I didn't order that many. I'm glad did not because I had a lot of empty boxes. Would not fit right in the boxes. Uh, us too. Us too. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a little long. They would come in. They would come in perfect, but if you take them out and put them back in, they don't. You have to like wedge them in, or I don't know how they, yeah. they originally did it. It's weird. And listen, we're we're dealing with, uh, you know, people that are making these cigars that they're handmade, and I I would. I haven't had any quality control issues too much. You know, I've had some damaged cigars come and whatnot, but um, they've all been pretty, mostly 99%, I would say, consistent 
at that one time where the, the, the hellfire was a, a little longer, uh, just a smidge longer than it should have been from the factory. But uh, I mean, it's all handmade stuff. So when you're, it's not like it, they don't come out of a machine. No. Okay, so they're not going to be 100% perfect. They're hand rolled. So sometimes they might be rolled a little bit tighter, and they're, or or they might roll them a little bit longer. So I guess it's just kind of a, uh, it's almost like a yield. You just, you know, you got to accept that a, a small percentage of them are going to be like that. Yeah. And here's the thing, if they didn't smoke the same, they didn't taste the same. I, I'd be concerned. Right. But they taste the same. They're fine. So I'm yeah. like, is it really? I would have a problem if if I got an order in and it was like these cigars don't even smoke like the last order. Did. Yeah, you know, I actually have an order coming in next week. Um, this is my this will be my third order. Although, however, my second order was not as big. I should have made my second order bigger, and they went quick. And I'm I always it's it's like I guess uh, that it's a little nerve wracking that you're hoping like I I hope they're all you know the consistency is there everything yeah. is good you know you have that little bit of is there a certain um like number like so say so you make a thousand boxes of cigars? Is there like a certain number that you get to and you're like, all right, I need to put in another order to maintain? Yeah, orders? because of the lead time. So the lead time for my factory is actually pretty quick. Uh, How quick? What's quick? Twelve so, weeks? No, no. So I, I when I order, um, this one, I'll say uh, almost five weeks. From the moment you place the order. Yep. Now is that okay? Is that you place the order? They have no cigars made, and they start making them, and yes. they're ready in five weeks. They start making them, and they're done in, in five okay. weeks. So yeah. a little over a month. A little over a month, and uh, yeah, I have. I think my my next order is like eight thousand cigars. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, like right now on my website, I have a couple of them where the you know I have the boxes are sold out, the five packs are sold out. Like I'm. I'm running dangerously low on 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 so, and things. So back to Eric's uh, Eric's question: Is there a number, like for instance, okay, you bought those eight thousand. Yeah. When you get down to two, do you place the next order? Yeah, I, I start to like when I get down to half. It's like, all right, let me just figure out what I got going on, and then I'd say maybe a, a quarter, just over a quarter left. I'm like, all right, it, it's time, time to get to the order. next one. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, like again, this is my third order. My my second order should have been bigger, and it wasn't. Where I kind of sold myself short because I had events that uh, I had a couple events that guys one one event they wanted to buy three hundred cigars, another one wanted to buy a hundred, and then the online orders were getting a little crazy. And I had a couple lounges in Jersey that reordered, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm running really low." And I never wanted to get where I, I had to put sold out on something on the website, yeah. but unfortunately, it happens. You know, yeah, you never put sold out; you just put back ordered. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a little that's, marketing. <laughs> that's, that's that's probably better too. <laughs> Never put sold out. Yeah, or yeah, I I guess because then the only thing I I thought about that is if they're back ordered, they're still spending their money, and I don't want to deal with if there's a delay. Yeah, then, like, yeah, then you have to track them. You hey, do have you to track know, them. So so yeah, but it, that's more of something when you have a team that can do it for you. But if you're doing it yes, by yourself to keep right. track of, okay, my inventory is zero, but I'm still getting orders. Yeah. Now when the inventory comes in. You know, I have to fulfill all of the backlog and then... Yeah, because that happened to us the first time around because we, again, it was our first time around and we were basically had like a few boxes left before we're like, oh, we need to like order more cigars. And uh, we did, I, we ha we put like a down payment, like a 50% payment down. But then luckily there was like a little of a lead time because... From the first order, there was like a thousand cigars left, so that that helped yeah, us get they through had the extra, next couple, yep. extra. Right. So they helped us get through the next couple months, 
but still it was like oh yeah we you know we're, we're, we're running low or we can only give you this much so i was like all right listen when we get to like half the boxes are done yeah. we should like put another order in because yeah we just don't want to we won't say sold out or we can't sell you cigars and i guess it's also a you know there's i guess you can put into a put it like an equation where all right if i have let's say i have i order ten thousand cigars okay and I'm selling, and I know that my next order of 10,000 is going to be ready in, let's say it's two months. Okay, I know that they'll be shipped to me, and I'll have them in two months. If I'm selling, you know, a thousand cigars a month, then I know, okay, when I get down to 2,000 cigars, that's only going to last me two months. So I, sh- and I know that it's going to take two months to get my next one. So I should probably, when I get to like that 2,500, 3,000, I should probably place the next one. Right. So that when those run out, the next one comes in. So you could probably have a, what is my run rate versus my lead time? Yes. And when it equals, I can put the order in. Um, But again, that's if you have a team of, you know, like a procurement team that is doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like I have the inventory set up now in the website where it alerts me to, it'll tell me after every order, it'll say, okay, you know, you had... 80 of this now you have 79 of it after every order and then i yeah. have alerts set in there and, and when things. it hits like 15 all right here's your right now who do you use for your website what, so what? i i have a i have a way he's actually local um actually did he he built it from scratch you're not every, using like a third party mm-mm. okay he, 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 every i mean it's a he's a web designer but not only that like he does the hosting and if i have a problem like the website we got bot attacked like two weeks ago um and he had to upgrade us to a more secure server. Like it, it completely shut the website down. What, what was the? What's Which the is the attack? challenge of of doing it on your own, right? Well, like if you use a third party, they have some of this protection built in. Well, yeah, we, we, I mean, we had it in there. It just wasn't on on a on a good enough server, I guess. Right. So, uh, so my my web guy, who's also a, you know he's a he's a, a politically conservative like myself. He laughs because he also watches my show, and he goes, "So, did you say something really crazy or controversial on your show?" And I go, "I don't know. I mean, I always kind of do, <laughs> probably, <know>? probably, <laughs> and uh, or or something like that." And he goes, "Because I I've noticed in um there was another there was a coffee company owned by veterans that um." We're actually getting ready to collaborate. They're making two coffee blends for me for the Patriot Cigar Company. Oh, to nice! Do, to do uh, Black, to do uh, bundles. Is it Black Rifle? Or is it mm. those, what's the name of? Uh, no, it's uh, they're called Beard Vet. Okay, Beard Vet. Beard no, Vet. Black Rifle is the the. I think is that a cop owned one? No, Black Rifle's owned by veterans. They're now publicly traded, but yeah, ever since company. ever since they went the Black Lives Matter uh, route and uh, talked shit about Kyle Rittenhouse, they've gotten a lot of backlash. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. You know, it was the same thing when they put Dylan Mulvaney on the Bud Light can. Next thing you know. No, can we say his yeah. name right? His name is Dylan Dick Vaney. Not Dylan Mulvaney. Dick Vaney. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Dick Vaney. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That one's fucking great. I haven't heard I haven't heard about that guy in a while. No, he's, you been, know, he's no. been off the. He's been. Did off you the, ever see? I just saw a video. Um, Dylan. Dick it was a woman in. I think it's an older video. It was a woman in Iowa, and she's milking a cow, and she's doing like. I a, just saw that. Did you see? She, I just, she's, yeah. she's like a political candidate. No, so she, so she's in Iowa. I don't know if she's a political. Candidate. I, I don't know. Sure she is. But I saw the video. She's in Iowa, and she's milking a cow. Okay, and uh, she turns to the crowd. She's oh. like, she goes, "Hey, you know, um, what's, any, what's her name? Carrie Lake." Yeah, she goes, yeah, "Any, yeah, any, any? Uh, where's the New York Times?" And you, Anybody from any of those New York reporters? Um, there's only two genders here, okay? I, I would challenge you 
to milk a, milk a cow and then milk a bull and see how that works out for you. Okay, <laughs> we here in Iowa know that there's two genders. Okay? <laughs> and when she says, "I'm like, hey, listen, you know, can't beat the science. You can't yeah. beat science. Milk a cow, milk a bull. Which it, one are you gonna get milk from? It is, All right, it is, it is true. Yeah, it's Carrie Lake from Arizona. She's running for Senate now. She had run oh, for that's freaking yeah, great. She, uh, I was actually one. just with her not too long she ago. Was she, she's on the Pepper Drip Bed David podcast oh, yeah, a few one. months ago. Yeah, she she's she's good people. She's uh she's oh pretty by great. the way, have you ever met her? By the way, oh yeah, several times. Oh, yeah, I was yeah? just with her at an event not too long. Oh, that's ago. cool. We know each other. I gotta show him this. Okay, and um. So we're not. Uh, I know we don't really talk politics, but this is this is just too freaking funny. I got I got to show you this. There's a difference between talking f- politics and fun politics. All right. Yeah, so this is this is hilarious. Yeah. This is hilarious. Have you seen? Um, so this is this is we're filming this the day after Halloween. Okay. Have you seen the Halloween costume of Biden? Have you seen this? I saw it this morning. Oh my gosh! I'm actually going to play it on my show tomorrow morning. Is that not the <laughs> funniest <laughs> thing? I think I told you this before we yeah, started recording. I just recording. love how they have them. They, they have them oh. walking and falling. And the two. But, oh what my I love gosh. about it, it's not even adults. It's it's kids. Yeah, it's teenagers. It's teenagers. Oh it's my kids. gosh! Like, I mean, look at this. This is just. It's great. He's just. Uh, 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 uh. You have to insert that video into the into the episode. Oh, but the, but gosh, that speaks, is that, not that so speaks funny. volumes when it's not adults, you know, portraying this. It's. Teenagers, teenagers who have no idea about politics. A lot. I tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you this. Maybe different now. It but. is different now. Um. So I, I work with on uh in several states, uh, conservative young conservatives. When I say young, there's one, and um, I'll give him a shout out on the show. His name is Josh. They call him GOP Josh. He's 17 years old, and when he was 15, he started uh, an unbelievable conservative can't, can't even, can't podcast. Even vote yet. Can't even, can't vote, even yet. vote yet. And he started an unbelievable uh, uh, political podcast out of uh, Ohio and you know he like really knows his stuff and was getting big guests on his on his show and he started following me and I started following him and he was so happy that I followed him on Twitter and he saw you know I deal with and who I was friends with and he asked me he goes hey Alan is uh there any chance I might be able to get Roger Stone on my show and I'm like I'll ask him and I, I did like that night I sent Roger a text and I go hey Roger and I sent him the link and he goes I actually saw his Twitter page. I followed him. He said he 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 loves you. He thinks you like this political hero, and he'd love to have you on his show. And here's the link to his podcast. And he goes, "Tell him I'll do it, and uh, and and we'll set it up through you." And I set it up, and he was like, he couldn't believe it. He was getting Roger. He was 16 at the time. Wow, 16 wow. years old. So. He's 17 now. You got you to gotta respect the hustle, man. Yeah, you got to respect so, the hustle. That's so awesome. He, he's 17, and uh, this summer they had that new, you see that new movie with the child trafficking, Sounds of Freedom, that came yeah, out? Yes. So I got invited to Bedminster. Trump was having the, the producer there, the director, the actors, and they were doing the movie screening. And I got the invite, and then they were working out invites for uh, other people. And I said, hey, I'd love to get GOP Josh there. And another friend of mine for Ohio who was running, who had ran for Congress, who was Trump endorsed, is actually going to be on Tim Pool uh, tonight. And uh, yeah, sure, they, they were able to get there. Not only that, but the way it worked, this kid was like in 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 political heaven. Donald Trump started giving uh, some remarks. We're right there outside and got the big movie screen and starts giving shout outs to people who like do certain things. And he goes and uh, and he wanted to acknowledge the young people in the movement especially here tonight and he's standing right next to me we're in the back of, of the area gop josh and donald like where is he where is he there was a video clips of oh it oh my and he was gosh. like he's looking at me and he goes am i hearing this right and i go 
the boss just shouted you out and he loves what you're doing. He says, I love what he's doing wow. in Ohio. But there are a wow. lot of there are a lot of kids who are not old enough to vote. What do they call them? Um Gen Z's, right? And there's this big yeah. thing now in the conservative space. They got them over there on the on the in the Democrats, you know, side two, who are all, you know, 18 and 16 and 17 year olds praising Biden of like this statement, a statesman that he's supposed to be. <laughs> but on the conservative side, they're all rallying. They're all getting involved 15, 16 years old. And they're um, they're out doing media. And it's it's a whole wow. Gen Z. It's good to see. It's good movement. to see that the young the younger generation is actually getting a little bit um, involved with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're attuned to uh, the issues and attuned to some politics because, uh. you know, I mean, I let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. Back, you know, go 20, 30, 40 years ago. Nobody was. If you were like Bro, under 25, you weren't. Actually, 21. Under 21, you were not really involved at I all. I was not into politics at all until 2016 when Trump was running. And I just took like, uh, I was just like, oh, this is like interesting because like everyone's getting on this guy. And I remember moving to Atlanta. And that was like the first time Atlanta's CNN big building. I lived right down there. And at the time, I must I must have been like, yeah, 24, 25, and I didn't know the difference between Fox News, CNN. I didn't know. I just thought they were just news. I didn't know right, left, Democrat, Republican. Right. I really didn't pay attention to it. And then I remember asking my dad. I was like, Dad, what's the difference between this and this? And he just gave me like all the def- like yeah. the reasonings. And I'm like, oh. And then from that day forward, like my optical view on life from a political standpoint, it just everything was different. I just noticed it everywhere. Yeah. I'm like. It's surrounded with everything that you do, and you know what's interesting too is it—it's it, not—and I don't want to say that we're—we're—it's not like we're not super involved in politics, not nearly as much as like as you are. We don't know, you know, it's not our 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 thing. We're not yeah. constantly researching it. We're not, you know, as I try as, to stay away from it because it's just a headache. It, for no, me. it's like, it's true, so but like shit. we we have our our beliefs, right? We we believe certain things and this is how we feel politically we're not super ingrained i don't know every single little tiny issue that's going on and how every how this side is going to handle this i don't know all of the little things right because i just not that's not my my profession right but you're right is is when i was younger i was not um um into the right. politics i didn't really have a side because you're just a kid you're not really worrying about it but then re- like in the last you know when you become a, a younger adult then you start watching, and it was basically a matter of okay, I'm looking at the two sides, and which ones I I agree with that one. I I'm I clearly see that one. I go that makes a whole lot of sense. I go over there, I said that makes zero sense. Yeah. I'm gonna go with this, you know, and it's but that's that's kind of the 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 thing is it's there's just it just makes logical sense mm-hmm. at least you know to pay saying? attention to the basics of what's going on. So right, and that's what I think that's what I'm trying to get yeah. at. It's a long it's a long way around it, but. We know like the basics, and that's pretty much what I think is as a younger generation. If I could say anything to them, is know the basics. Okay, you don't have to know every little, but know the basics of where people stand on yeah. on certain topics. Yeah. Okay, the big topics. Right, and the problem is, I I was bred into it. Sixteen years old, young Republicans. Eighteen years old, Republican club committeemen, the whole thing, and then just gradually building from there, meeting people. Now, now working on campaigns and all over the country and, and, and dealing with who I deal with almost on a daily basis. I live and I breathe it. No, you don't have to be like me and live and breathe it because I am, I'm, I'm kind of like a geek when it comes to it. You right. Know? And that's my point. Right, but, but you should know the basics. You should know the basics. And here's another thing. Everybody says, Oh, you don't, you don't talk about politics and religion. That's a problem because if people aren't, you don't have to fight. 
You don't have to, you can disagree, and that's what's great about cigars, the great equalizer. I have conversations with far, far left, you know, political individuals and their beliefs, and we never have an argument when there's a cigar involved. Yeah. When, there's, when the cigar is not there, it, end, it ends up being explosive. But you should be able to have a logical conversation just to talk about ideas and beliefs without trying to destroy each other's humanity. And that's the problem now. It's It, it gets so toxic and the media does not help. The media yep. is the worst enemy. Mm. You mentioned something, uh, CNN in Atlanta. Did you hear that they closed that no, building? No, I didn't. Last week, that Atlanta that's been there for over 30 years, closed. CNN done. Really? Yep. They, they, they closed the, the Atlanta office. I was like, oh, office. cool, the CNN building. That's yeah. a big news building. And then I, I remember I would still I would get Fox News and CNN uh, news updates on my Mac. And I just, because I was like, all right, it's just, it's just news. And then that was just when I was like, why do I get two? Like, is there a difference? And I'm... I don't know what stroke stroke up the question to ask my dad, but I knew he was the he was the Fox News guy. He was you know he's like uh with Sean you know if you follow Sean Gillis, he's a hilarious comedian. He talks about Fox yeah. News dads, and it's one of his skits. And that was my dad. <laughs> Did I ever tell you a story about my one of the guys I used to work with down in Philly? How his um how his son became part of the Republican Party or conservative party? He asked his son. His son was working. Uh, his son was a, a caddy at one of the country clubs, and his son goes. Uh, Son was making tips, right? Making some. So his son would come back from work one day and he'd go, how'd you, how'd you do caddying? He's like, oh, I did good. I made like, you know, 150 bucks or whatever. He's like, oh, okay, that's good enough. He's like, well, um, give me uh, give me 50 bucks. Right? And he goes, why? He's like, well, that's for taxes. Give me $50. He goes, okay. <laughs> he gives him the 50 bucks. He goes, now you have 100. He goes, give me another 50 and I'm going to give it to um, your brother. And he's like, <laughs> What? He goes, yeah, well, the first 50 is for tax. Give me another 50. I'm going to give it to your brother. He goes, and he said, the son says, but he didn't work today. He goes, yeah, I know, but it's called, um, uh, it's called equality, right? You, you work. We're going to, we're going to split it up. He didn't work. So now out of the hundred you make, we're going to split it. <laughs> you keep 50 and he gets the 50. He goes, but that's not fair. He didn't work. I did all the work. He goes, welcome to the conservative party, son. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it's a good learning lesson for sure. I was just like, and, it, it and it, the, the kid was just like, Okay, well, that makes sense. Huh? I, I just I, I want people just to like to steer away from the mainstream media narratives, and that's both. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Fox. I hate mainstream conservative oh, media. That's a good point. Yeah. Both sides, both sides, 100%. both sides. The media, con, media, uh, uh, whatever. What's the word? Construes mis mis uh, misinformation, fake disinformation, news? fake news. I think it's construed the word. I think construes the yeah, word. Construes a good yeah, word. Like it just it completely whatever the act. Because I always say I always say that there's two sides to a story, and then there's the truth, and that's like Fox and CNN. There's what really happened, and then there's the CNN and the Fox way of how they just like will really twist it into what they yeah, want to push. The the days of objective journalism and objective news, it it's dead. So it used to be. They would give you the news without any type of political yes. opinion and spin and let you, the one who is absorbing the news, make your make your opinions on what you feel about what's going on with the issues, the real issues. Now, it's this one's talking about this and lying about this one and, 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 and like bad lies. And they're all programs because of money. We're talking big money that owns mm -hmm. all of these media stations. So the, the objective part is dead. And uh, they're not news anchors anymore. They're news actors. Because mm -hmm. listen, Tucker Carlson left Fox, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he now is allowed to talk about the things he's wanted to talk about. 
things that he wasn't allowed to on Fox. Yeah. I just I just watched a podcast with him today on uh, with Theo Vaughn. It was hilarious. Oh, yes. And my yeah. brother was like, I never knew Tucker Carlson was like this type of guy. I'm like, yeah. Well, I think he likes speech. cigars too, right? He does. He yeah. doesn't smoke anymore, but he used to. Yeah. He likes. He's a big. He likes Zins. You he know. Likes, he likes the. He, he likes the. Nicotine. Yeah. You know what's funny is it reminds me of. Have you ever seen the movie Anchorman? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever seen the second one? No, actually. Okay, so the second one's funny. It, it's exactly what you're talking about. So in the second one, all right, it's uh, so it's the same, you know, newscast. It's the same guys, and then there's another news team, right? There's this big network, and the news, the other one is the number one, and they're trying to get back to number one, trying to get back to number one. And then there's a story, right? And they got a bad time slot. It's like a midnight time slot. Nobody, nobody's gonna watch it, right? So there's a story coming on. There's like a a, a, a car. Uh, chase I guess and they're covering it they're covering it and Will Farrell says you know what he goes we need to boost our ratings he goes I'm just gonna make some shit up <laughs> and he says you know what let's say he goes he just starts lying he just says oh it's a uh, uh, we got a guy and he's running away in his in his uh it might have been a Ford Bronco for like a, a, a reference purposes. reference purposes like he's running Ford Bronco it's uh, news that just came in that he that he stole a hundred thousand dollars from a local bakery, and uh, he's being chased by the cops, and he's got a five-year-old in the, co- and he's just making the show, making it up, and everybody's like, "What? He's got?" A-. And then people just start tuning in and tuning in and start watching it, and they go, "You can't say that. That's not really." He goes, "Yeah, but well, look at the ratings," and it's to your point is it went from telling the news, which right. was facts, to now I'm just gonna spin it the way I think that it's gonna. It's everything clicks and views and what's appealing. I mean, look at the podcast world. Like, you want people drawn to your podcast, so you have to have come up with a, a, a cool title for the episode. You have to come up with a cool thumbnail or what you're going to talk about, something that brings them in and you want to hook them in the first 10, 15, 30 seconds so they stay and they watch the whole show if it's long form. And I, I, I go to call it, you know, decentralized media, yet you have your mainstream media and your, your, your decentralized media, meaning like a lot of, uh, political podcasts, and you have them on both sides, and a lot of them are just regular Americans that decide, you know what, I have a microphone, I have a platform, you have, whether it's YouTube, Rumble, all these platforms that we can have podcasts on, and I tell people, those are the people that they should be listening to and absorbing news from and political commentary or on whatever the issue is because you're going to get the truth and you're going to get what real people think who are yeah. not... Uh, corrupted by huge, huge money yeah. from conglomerates. However, there are even smaller shows where all they want to do is monetize and get sponsors and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do my podcast for, for to, to make money. I do it every day for hours a day to talk about the issues and engage in live chats and things like that to give my point of view on what's going on. And I always tell people, question everything. Even what I say, question it all, do your own research, just don't be a headline reader and then and then well I, I read this headline here and, and this is this is what it's about. This is this is yeah. fact right, and it's right. not. Believe nothing of what you hear, half of what you see. Do your own research. Do your own research. Yep. Question everything. That's a good point because um I remember who used to who was uh, the guy who owned Twitter before Elon Musk? Oh, Jack Dorsey. Jack, Jack Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah. So I remember it was a Joe Rogan episode, and he had Jack Dorsey and his lawyer on there, and then he also had an independent reporter who was kind of like le- he kind of like leaned to the left, but he was kind of like also in the middle. It was Tim Pool. Was that it? Is Tim Pool right? Tim Pool. Okay, yeah, you just said that. Yep. Okay, that's what m- remind me of it. And so Joe Rogan had Tim Pool on, and he had Jack Dorsey and his lawyer, and he was questioning like, why are you why are you muting these type of people? Why are you why are you uh, 
like shutting these people censoring out, censoring them. Exactly, that's what I'm looking for, censoring. And he just kept pushing it and pushing it, and they had all these like you know attorney like answers and kind of walked it around. But I'm like, this is like news right here. Like this is like in your face. You know, you have a huge platform that's doing something right. and people want answers and you have an independent report and he's pressing them live and it's, and it's hard and you people and it's not like a two minute clip. It's a two, three hour podcast. Yeah. So yes. you can, so you can judge by not only what you hear, but you can see their body language, how they're, how they're, their facial structure. And you're like, is this guy lying? Like is this guy on uncomfortable he just he just had uh elon musk who's the new owner of twitter yes. he just had him on on the halloween episode and they talked about it and he says everybody he goes the the there was a tenfold um of censorship from one party to the next he goes and a lot of people if they were just blinded like purposely putting the blinders on and not realizing it he's a but twitter became a leftist government platform yeah and if it didn't and he goes and it wasn't even censoring far right he goes anything that kind of leaned a little bit to the right yes it was gone and he said it was like 10 times the amount and when elon bought he goes you didn't realize how much it was until i bought it and then removed all of the censorship he goes and now it's it's now it's it's turning into a just complete even keel free of freedom of speech platform and it's still wishy-washy and so, yeah but not nearly as much no as no and, and i i was a, a big victim of um social media censorship even on twitter but and even elon musk said on the joe rogan episode that he had to spend way too much time literally uncoupling the platform from federal agencies uh department of homeland security fbi where they actually had a satellite office in Twitter headquarters before Elon Musk took it over. Yes, the federal government. Yeah. So that and would pressure the old regime to say, "Hey, uh, you should really look at this and maybe not allow it on your platform." And we're talking about Joe Blow conservative, not saying anything crazy, but they don't want that being promoted. Whether it was something during the pandemic, whether it was something about elections, whatever it was, I. Had my my I had a I had twenty two thousand followers on Twitter, and out of nowhere, suspended, lost both appeals. What's your? Uh, I mean, I'm not on Twitter, but I want to follow you on Twitter. Anyways. I'm I'm barely on Twitter. I'm what? more on Twitter for what's, uh, what's, uh, Twitter's what's, like the political battlefield. I'm, see, I'm only on it for sports. I'm so on it for to get my sports information for betting. Yeah, that's why really, I'm but, on it because it pops up like you can get some sharp bets. You can get some. Oh, this guy's out today, and it pops up, and you. What's got your uh, What's your Twitter? Uh, it's a. Uh, uh, a Jacoby J A C O B Y seventeen seventy six. I'm actually gonna follow you right now because and I had to start over. I had to uh, oh, yeah, Twitter right. had to allow me back on. What is it again? A A Jacoby J A C O B Y seventeen seventy six. Got it. And uh, you know it's, it's there. It is seventeen seventy six. I'm yeah. gonna give you a follow. Like so, I said, I'm I'm not active. Oh, and now you have eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I'm not active at all. Like I said, I'm more for just uh, Instagram uh, was the same way. I had I got something like. 11,000 followers, and then right before the midterms, I had no strikes. I had no, oh, you violated community service, whatever it was, nothing. And then uh, two weeks before the midterm elections, I go, I wake up in the morning, I'm go to, let's check Instagram, boom, your page has been, they took it away, deleted the page with no rhyme or reason. I'm not allowed on YouTube. I had four pages taken down on YouTube, and wow. uh, one of them actually was monetized. Uh, it, it was getting so much uh, viewership, and uh, well, they gave a strike, took the monetization away, and then just eventually got rid of the channels because they don't like uh, 
So I, I this is like running joke. There are conservatives that are on YouTube, and I say because I'm on Rumble, and then all the audio platforms and other places. But uh, I say if you're a conservative and you have a podcast or a show on still on YouTube, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> you're not you're not doing it right if you're still True. on YouTube. It's a good point. It's a good point. It is what it is. It's 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 an interesting game. I enjoy it. You know, it's it's I I want to see good things happen with this country, and I don't like the way it's going. And more people have to get involved. I get it. People don't want to pay attention to it. People just like, oh, it's election day. I have to go yeah, vote. They want to turn. They want to turn a blind eye. And we've talked about this plenty of times on the show. Is that people have become sheep, mm-hmm. and what the government doesn't want is they don't want people that are capable of critical thinking. They don't want people that are capable of making decisions on their own, of doing their own research and coming up with their own opinion on things. Yeah. All they want is people to blindly follow whatever they recommend. They want people to be reliant on the government because if they're reliant on you, then they they can control you. Yes. And that's all they want. They just, and that's why everybody, like you said, the headliner people or all these, they see as a headline, oh, okay, that's what I'm going to believe. No, that is a sheeple. Okay, you are part of the sheeple. You need to be whether it doesn't you don't have to be on the right. You don't have to be on the left. It does not matter. As long as you make a decision based on the research that you've done and you formulate your own opinion, not somebody else's opinion. You formulate your own. And if that happens to be on the left, if it happens to be on the right, if it happens to be in the middle, Fine, you've done your research and you've made a critical thought, yeah. and that is okay. But when you just blindly follow and rely on the government, that's what they want. They want the control. Yeah. They don't want people yeah. that, that are capable of critical thinking. And I think the best way for an average American to really see where they lie politically truly is take a step back, turn everything off, and see how your life is specifically affected by whether it's local or national policies that are put into effect. Look at your retirement accounts. Look at your investment accounts. Look at your bank accounts. Yes. Look at the price of things. And then how does it affect you? And then you can make some real decisions. Don't listen to some idiots behind a microphone telling you what to think. Just how does it affect you yep. every day? Right. And, and a lot 100%. of people don't want to do that. They just they live in their life. They're in their bubbles. One job to the next job to go home and feed the kids. Am I paying my mortgage? What am I doing? Why is everybody struggling? There's a, there's there's reasons why everybody's struggling. Figure it out and then make some changes. Listen to people who might be running for office and want to make a difference. Right. There are a lot of people that are, are a lot of talk and there are a lot of people that are trying to do things. And when they're trying to do things for the better of the country, they get chastised and called selfish. They call, listen, the American people should turn around and have this in their head. We don't want in government business as usual. We want limited government and we want action that's going to benefit us. Realize they work for us. We don't work for them. Yeah. They're the peasants. We're not the peasants. Exactly. That's how it has exactly. to be. And a perfect example of um, just blindly following or blindly listening to whatever somebody says and taking that and that's your opinion. Inflation. How many times has the government said, oh, inflation's at 7%, inflation's at 6%, inflation's at 8%. Talk to an average person. Is if, if, go to the grocery store and buy your normal groceries and tell me if you really believe that inflation is 7 or 
Absolutely not. Yep. Okay, go buy a Hell gallon of milk. No. The gallon of milk that used to cost three dollars is now seven dollars. You're telling me that that's seven percent? Bro, you know what? Now, granted, me? okay, you know? it's probably not a hundred because there's there's obviously the logistics of you know milking the cow and then and pasteurizing the milk and then putting it into the carton and then selling and shipping it. There's a lot of things, and that seven percent can add up. But it's not 7%. You don't get 7% and it turns into a 150% markup, okay? You know what pisses me off when I go to the grocery store? I used to get, the, you know, you go to the bag of chips, two for five. I'm like, sick deal. Now it's two for 10, two for 11. I'm like, ugh, that's not a good deal. I don't want that. I don't want two for 11 Tostitos. I want two for five. Well, you know, you know, what, you know what else they do? Is It's called, um, have you ever heard of the term shrinkflation? Oh, yeah. Well, that too. So shrinkflation, you get a bag of chips, right? Same bag of chips that used to be this, it's three dollars, right? And it's this much filled with chips. Yep. And they <laughs> it used hair. to be, you know, seventy five percent filled, now it's fifty percent filled. Or double stuffed Oreos. Yeah. Now they're just regular Oreos. Yeah. I, I bought a shrinkflation. I put baby. it on my I put it I posted it once. I you know, I posted on Instagram like I bought these double stuffed Oreos and I'm like, This is a regular size Oreo. I'm like, what is this shrinkflation? Yeah, because I'm right. like, there's no, there's no extra stuffing in here. Or it's like when it goes back to when they were, when they were just printing money and dumping it in the economy, right? <laughs> and I, I sat there with my wife and I said, this is not a good idea. And we were talking about. It. I said, why is this not a good idea? When you just print money and dump it into an economy, what's going to happen on the back end? Right. Everything it devalues the dollar or whatever the currency is. Mm-hmm. So on the back end, where are you going to make that up? Inflation and taxes. Right. And look what happened. Not to mention all the money that we're sending to everyone who wants it. Where, what, that's another, that's what's gonna, somebody's got to freaking pay for it. When if, they were talking about, oh, we're going to do the student loan forgiveness. And you know, if you have X amount of loan, we're just going to wipe it out. Somebody's got to pay that loan right. back because the banks ain't going to swallow it. Right. If, they gave all the, if they gave all the money that they gave to the other countries that are in war right now to us, we'd be... I'd be in a three-piece suit right now. I'd be, I'd be in suspenders. Yeah, I'd be in suspenders. <laughs> I'd have sh- shiny, shinier shoes. I would have probably had Gucci underwear. I, I'd be thriving right now, man. Uh, I, mean, I can't I'd even afford underwear. I'm lucky I had to choose underwear or suspenders. Uh, yeah. I chose a suspenders. Yeah, suspenders, right? At least the pants don't come up. You don't see that he's not uh, wearing underwear. You know? <laughs> it's but, uh, you, yeah. So uh, being the, the political nerd that I am, and I do, I do talk to a lot of uh, members of Congress on a regular basis. And I, I, I get to hear the insides of what's happening with like funding bills and whatnot. And the big thing is, and this is important, especially on how you vote for people. What nobody reads these bills. Nobody goes on Cong, you know, Congress.gov and, and reads the bills. I do. I read a lot of the bills. Yeah, you're a political nerd. Right. Yeah. I, I read a lot of the bills. And the problem is is when they're lumping the bills into 3,000 and 4,000 page bills and nobody's reading it and they give it to them the night before and then they're expected to vote the next day on it of all of this funding, I was pulling apart, I do it all the time, all of these spending bills and that like the Republicans want single issue bills. You might be there a little longer to vote on a lot of different things, but you know what? This is for funding this. Let's vote on it. Not we want $100 billion and we're going to hide all of this weird money like, you know, gender studies in Afghanistan and give them two two hundred million dollars for that. That literally is a real spending yeah. thing, by the way, that had passed gender Jeez. studies. in Afghanistan. Yeah, well, that trillion dollar report. bill that was passed, if you had looked at what, what was right. in there right. and, and they said, oh, it's a trillion dollar like covid relief fund. But then, and it was 
less than 10% that was actually given to COVID relief? It's it's all about packaging it in a way that the American people are going to accept it and be okay with it and not look into what's actually being doled out. It's to your point. It goes back to the headlines. Yeah. Right. People are going to read a headline. One trillion dollar COVID relief yeah. bill. Oh, great. The American people are going to get one trillion dollars worth of COVID relief. No, 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 no. That's what they named the bill. That's what they named the bill. But that's not what's in the bill. But there's, I mean, I. I uh, we could go on for it, another it, hour. It's, no, I'm just saying, it, it, and it's not for this show. But like, and I, I talk about it a lot on on my show about where the money's being spent, how it's being spent. Like this whole thing that's happening in the Middle East that honestly we should not be involved in the way we're involved because listen, I'm all America first. I don't want to see us in another never ending war and that's what they're looking for because it helps us in the military industrial complex get the government contracts. They donate to campaigns and it's just this never ending cycle and it's just it's like a money laundering operation. Just... uh, I'll just tell you something quick that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. It's not really being talked about. Here and there, it's being talked about. This whole thing with the attack where the Hamas terrorists went into Israel and started killing civilians, and then all the videos and photos are like, well, they all have American military-issued weapons, brand-new M4s. I mean, they're, that, that's what they're, they're using. And then it's, well, Joe Biden left all of that equipment, $80 billion worth of it yeah, in Afghanistan. Where you think it was going to go? But guess what? That's not where these weapons came from. So all of the money and all of the military equipment we've been sending to Ukraine that have no accountability because they refuse to have an inspector general audit every cent that we're giving them being spent, a lot of the equipment is being sent to Poland where the handoff is being given to Ukraine. Yeah, that's how they that's how they slide it under the table. And a lot of it's stolen. A lot of it ends up on the black market. And most of the weapons that Hamas currently has are not from the the weapons we left in Afghanistan, but the weapons that we're giving to Ukraine. Unbelievable. And 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 that the people don't look of, into that. A lot of people yeah. are not. And I got that firsthand from someone at DOD. Like that, that, that and no no one's talking about it. And by DOD, you mean driver off deck? Yeah, dri- driver <laughs> off deck. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little golf uh, humor. So th- there's just there's <laughs> so much going on that people don't want to pay attention to and don't want to look into. And the information's there. You just have to look for it and see it. Where our money's being spent and how these, you know, uh, conflicts or wars are are, are being funded because we legit have a habit of funding both sides one way or another. And it's, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's abs- bad. You're 100 yeah. right. You're 100 right. Bad. I just yeah. want to smoke cigars. For real, yeah, man. man. Yeah. We, we appreciate you coming on. We yeah, we're at this a, was great. No, we're, we're actually right at the two hour mark. Perfect. Uh, two hours already? Yeah, yeah, man. Man, you guys don't shut up. Yeah, dude. two hours, man. This <laughs> that's, is, that's Justin's <laughs> department. I actually thought no, it was good this episode. No, you are right. You are. Justin's all right. I do that too. Like I, I can. You're the guest though. In a couple, yeah. two days. Yeah. Get, anyway, this comes out this Friday. So, um, but anyways, yeah, give this is a time for yes. Alan from Patriot Cigar Company. To have the floor red carpet to promote, plug away anything you got going on, your shows, your cigars, let the people know where they can find you. First of all, if you're not smoking the blueprint and watching this show, you're doing yourself a disservice. So make sure you're getting the blueprint cigar. Let's get that out of the way because it's a great stick and these guys deserve all the accolades they could get because that is an unbelievable cigar. Thank you, man. Listen, my my cigars, Patriot Cigar Company, mypatriotcigars.com. We have five blends out now. And uh, coming out with some soon, there's always promo codes. And actually, if you use promo code MAGA, 
MAGA. MAGA. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You get 25% off the 25. entire website. 25% That's off. You get a whole quarter. 25. The whole quarter of a percent you get off on the website. Patreon. That helps with inflation. Listen, I don't, even, I don't even care. You could be on the left side. You're still using the code yeah. MAGA. Okay? You oh, got yeah. it. You got I, it. I have people that order cigars and you can leave like customer notes in there. And I've actually had people... I'm I'm a full blooded Democrat, but I wanted to try your cigars, and they're great. And they, they like keep reordering, and it, it's not like it's not a, a. I don't keep it secret. Like everybody knows, I have a political podcast, and I'm completely on the opposite side. But it's funny the messages I get, where they 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 don't align with me politically at all, but they love the cigars, and that's why I always say cigars are the great equalizer. Perfect example. Amen. And it's yeah, and my show on if you're on Rumble, it's uh, just go to 1776live.tv. My show is MAGA Mornings. It's every 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 morning at 8 a.m. live. It's typically an hour and a half, two hour show, and we have a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Patriot Cigar Company, I, I appreciate what you guys do. It's uh, the best cigar podcast of all time. The Burn Down Podcast. Of all time. Of this all guy. time. Of all Listen time. to this That should guy. be a clip in itself. That is. That 100%. is. That's going to that's gonna be the intro. The best cigar podcast yeah. of all time. So, Alan, thank you again for coming on for the thank second you. time. I feel like this time was a lot. I feel like I had more fun this time. It's good. Because we got Two to know you the first time. Get to know you a little bit more. We came to some events. So, we a little more personal this time around. So, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Patri- uh, Patriot Cigars. Go check them out. With that, that being, being said, said, I don't really have anything to drink, but <laughs> cheers, chin chin, and salute. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening.